Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. In, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. Well, the finale was last night, and it was it was honestly tough to watch. Yeah, um, I, I cried a little. It's just like you see being able to see it right, reflecting mm-hmm. back, and like, wow, had we just made this little adjustment or just switch detours sooner. Or picked no instead of row. Up to this point, though, we were, you were like, you're so muscly that we we thrived at like the muscle versus the brain thing. Yeah, for sure. But we're actually pretty both intelligent, so we should have just switched um but it's hard when you so in our defense also we put in like two hours of work on those boats and we just like we saw everyone switching and we're like we don't want to give up yeah it's a it's a sense of like i don't want to quit right like i'm not a quitter right Mm -hmm. like we started this and we can do it like we can get through it yeah so why leave now and we've already committed so much time when in hindsight you should be thinking wow i've wasted so Mm -hmm. much time yeah and now colin and christy are getting here for the first time they're gonna have a hard time doing it Mm -hmm. we should have switched then and tyler and Corey, yeah Yeah. tyler and Corey were still there too it's not like they left they left a little bit after you know colin and christy got there which if we would have done it right away you never know. Like the market, we could have got lost and whatever. You never know, but we would have had a better fighting chance um, with the lead that we had. And you made a good point about, uh, to me, about Leo being afraid of water. Yeah, that helped him. And how that helped him. Because they didn't even waste any time. He, he doesn't like to put his feet in the water. He doesn't like to swim. I don't know if he can swim. Or I remember when he went to like jumping off of the canyon thing. In uh, Laos, uh, yeah, the, the waterfalls. The waterfall. He, he wouldn't get in the water or anything. So um, that helped him because everyone picked the boat challenge first. And then they're just like, nope, let's get out of here. Yeah, he, he didn't even flip once. They, they half paddled for two seconds. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope, that's not for me. Yeah, dang it. And I mean... It, it it it's a great it was a great ending and everything but it, it's freaking hard to watch it was just really hard like I wanted to cry hey, and and uh, we saw this at the finale party with everybody here in Dallas in mm-hmm. which you know big ups and shout out to Travelocity for mm-hmm. being able to put that together I mean it was it was just an amazing turnout and uh, and everybody was so great it was nice seeing everybody it was really good it was way better than I even anticipated it could be. Yeah, there was just so much love in the air. Mm-hmm. And once the race, you know, it's been over for a year. And, and it felt like 
watching it last night, it felt like it just happened. Yeah. Um, but just seeing everybody come together and everybody being so lovey and huggy. Mm-hmm. I was telling Nicole, there was a lot of hugs and cheek kisses last yeah. night. You know, everybody yeah. was just all in that, you know, happy-go-lucky. We're not competing against each other. You know, it's over and done. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can enjoy this moment with each other, which is, you know, really, really awesome. Yeah, and somehow the Amazing Race took a bigger toll on me than Big Brother. Yeah. And we were talking, I was talking to other, you know, Survivor and Big Brother players, and they they kind of felt the same, that it's shorter, but, like, you dwell on it more. It's been a year, and I'm still dwelling, I'm still <laughs> dwelling, like, because I think I knew, know what we went through. Like, it didn't even show everything on the show. Yeah. Everything we went through, and it was so hard, and, you know, I just, I just literally thought we could make it to the final three yeah and all you had to do is make it to the final three you don't need to win any leg of the race and that's kind of what i wanted yeah and that's not to say that you know we would have won the whole thing no 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 just to be able to make it there and have that chance at it right yeah you just want the chance at it if you can just guarantee yourself in the final three almost like guarantee yourself at the end of big brother to give a speech and to say why you should win if you don't get there then there's you no can't, shot exactly so i think just just being in the final three would have just been so cool not that i think we would could have won i mean i would have had to do the lock challenge yeah. who knows but and and speaking of uh, what you were saying like i remember after i did big brother i had met people from survivor and i always thought survivor would be far more difficult than anything yeah. there was never nobody mm-hmm. ever shoots that one down like oh that's you know right. not hard but when i met uh racers in the past i was like well big brother is definitely harder you yeah. know without doing it like yeah we're in the house for three months you know right. what i mean there's nothing like that yeah. that can compare and now having done the race i'm like not a shot no like it's it's a like people say the the psychological aspect of being locked up in a house for three months yeah that's tough but once you're in there for the first month, you get used to it. Yeah, you, you have, know what I mean? You have friends. And you have friends and, and you can hang out. There's not a lot of stress during the week. I mean, unless because you're not even on the block or anything mm-hmm. until later. Right. So it's just one of those things that in the race, it's like high intensity, high level. Like even when you get to the mat and you're done, you're with your partner in the room. Where are we going next? What yeah. what mistakes did we do? Yeah. We should have did this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we do that? All right. Now for the next leg, we got to do this. And and. Yeah, because even on Big Brother, if you're on the block, like, you come to, you know, you have the veto in a couple days. Yeah. A couple days. Yeah. So you're already working your game. And then you say you don't win the veto. Then you're working the person trying to get them to use the veto. Okay, that doesn't happen. And now I have a couple days to try to, you know, sway votes. And if, if I can't sway votes, I have four days to come to the realization of I'm going home. And mind where you. Where this is, you don't know where you're going to be at that mat. Yeah. The and, whole time. And mind you, all those things that she's talking about in Big Brother is only for two people. Yeah. It's not for every single yeah. person that's racing, right. right? So it's not like, oh, I'm safe this week. Like my friend, eight, my friend yeah. is HOH. Exactly. I'm no way I'm going on the block. Like in like 18, I didn't sit on the block until like final four. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't freaking stress about going home the entire time. Whereas on the race, I was stressed about going home. Anytime. And, and I think also Victor is the best partner. And it looks like, like he does a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. He does so much. You're a great partner too. And like, I don't want to let him down because the little tiny things that I would have to do, it just puts that pressure on me. It's like, Oh my God, I know Vic would be better at this, but I have to do it. So on our season of the amazing race, Vic would have been topped out at six, uh, six roadblocks. Yeah. I only did five. And so, um, we would, I would have had to do the, 
the lock challenge. Oh, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. there's 12, and you have to divide them evenly. Like, yeah, but I've actually on season 30, um, when Jess and Cody won, I'm pretty sure Cody did six, and Jess only had to do three. Because they didn't know how many were right, going to be, right? right? right there right. was less. There was so less there competitions was less. like so that. So I was thinking, like, oh, my God, if Vic could do, like, All six, <laughs> and I only had to do, like, three... That would be really good because every anything Vic does, he like excels at. But yeah, so in the finale, I would have had to do the whole lock thing, and that would have been a <laughs> bit stressful. So who knows how that would have gone? Um, and for us, like, so we got out in mm-hmm. uh, in London, right? Mm-hmm. And it was tough for us because it just so happens the way things were set up. We had to get on the same flight as all the other racers that were still in the race. Mm -hmm. So just like the double beat down for us, like, yeah, we got out and we slept on the hotel. And like now in that morning, we're sitting in the airport with people that are going to race that day. Yeah. And then we have to see them get on the plane. And then when we land in Detroit, which sucks already because, you know, we live in Michigan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it would have been nice to run that leg there like Tyler and Corey did. Uh, we have to like scuttle out of the airport fast so they don't catch us on camera because they're yeah. about to start their regular race. It, they're they're all such great teams. Like we were, we're, we're so happy to have made it as far as we did, and and you know, it, it's crazy because you really think like, wow, we did really really good. But when it comes to placement, you're just kind of like bummed. Yeah, you know. So I have been searching for a really good deodorant that's all natural and vegan and something that's good for my body. And I've tried a couple and my favorite is Myro. And now Victor is also using it too. Yeah, it's it's actually really nice. It's like uh, they're changing the game in terms of like mm-hmm. how deodorants come. And this is like a... It's just nice because it's reusable in the sense of you get like this little deodorant packet. Yeah, you have to pick from five colors of a container and there's also five different scents. They're unisex. So this would have been perfect for Victor and I on the race because I made him go with like a girl deodorant where we would just take one of these Myro deodorants and it's unisex. Mm -hmm. And so the scents, there's scents you can choose from and why I love it so much too. I'm sorry, I'm like over talking you, but I just like love it is because it helps the planet. It reduces waste of plastic by 50% because they're not sending you a whole entire like plastic deodorant every time. It's a refill. You put it in yourself. Mm -hmm. And they have, so I have the Big Dipper scent, but they have Big Dipper, Pillow Talk, Solar Flare, Chill Wave, and Cabin Number 5. Yeah, so they're not just like basic like powder fresh scents, which I don't Mm -hmm. I don't like powder fresh. So these like make you, it almost makes you smell like you're wearing like kind of like cologne too, Vic. Like a a good scent. And And it's good for your body. They're aloe based the formula is so it's like soothing comfortable mm-hmm. glide bacteria neutralizing citrus and probiotics mm-hmm. and it smells really awesome honestly they're vegan gluten-free soy free cruelty free and i just love how much it helps the planet and there's different colors that you can pick vic yours is uh royal I yeah. would, so yours is like the color royal mm-hmm. but after 30 days you'll receive a three uh, deodorant pod refill every three months delivered straight to your door convenient you can Put, put that on pause. You can stop. You can do whatever you need to do while doing it. And we have a really special offer. So they're they're saying that you can get a thirty a ten dollar starter kit for thirty days. We can give that to you for five dollars. Yeah, fifty percent <laughs> off if you use our code. Uh, so you get fifty percent off your first order and get started today for just five dollars. Just visit mymyro m y m y r o dot com slash coco and use promo code. Coco. Tell us how much you love this stuff. Let's help the planet. And I mean, we can share deodorant with 
your significant other. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Again, that's that's, so 50% off your first order. Get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash Coco and use promo code Coco. And Myro is spelled M-Y-R-O, just in case, because I wouldn't know how to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, well, first things first, no... Non-race teams, meaning only amazing race teams, mm-hmm. got first place. The yeah. entire, you know, that that That's says crazy. something. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and there was only four because Art and JJ got out. You know, the first leg. So four teams took the next. How many legs were there? Eleven legs. Yeah, and out of the last five teams, four teams were amazing race teams, and then me and Nicole. So I mean, that just the testament of. Having raced before and having mm-hmm. that edge, you know, it, it, it is a benefit, you know, it's, and you're, you're tried proven. and tested, right? You're tried and tested. You know what to expect. You know how to stay calm under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's just one of those things. But I am proud of Nicole and I to be able to make it that far. So proud of Nicole uh, to be able to push through because you're a very emotional person and you mm-hmm. were able to keep your composure in some really tough situations. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> just like watching back, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, like, because even memorizing the taxi stuff from last night i think i remembered the first half and you remembered the second half yeah but like knowing trying to memorize that while you're like oh my gosh like this is you know yep. we don't know where the other teams are it adds so much stress and i can't believe we actually got it on our fourth try i felt like it took us like 10 tries but that that <laughs> cab ride that was a blur just yeah, because it was. i mean especially you run it the first time and no way you're gonna memorize no. 22 we different didn't even know how many they were gonna say and, yeah we didn't know it was 22 yeah so i think the first <laughs> ride was a waste because yeah. we were in awe and shock and like oh my gosh and then it was exactly like uh, Leo and Jamal when they showed it. We're like, yeah. "What? No, yeah. what is it? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. What is it? How do you, Nicole? Like, I how can pronounce you even pronounce that?" that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But anyway, so we are going to have the amazing race winners. Yes, on today's podcast, Colin and Christy, amazing, amazing people, they beautiful so couple, des- so deserving. Yeah, um, they literally kicked butt the entire race. Yeah, they. I mean, I. We'll, we'll talk to them. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get deep into their, their background and everything, and uh, we just hope you guys enjoy. So we have some amazing, extremely calm, <laughs> and the winners of this season, 31 of The Amazing Race, Colin and Christy. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We're so excited to be on. Yeah, seriously. Thank you guys so much. The, the Coco Caliente podcast. Coco Caliente. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I and, love it. And before we get into the the so, I mean, it was it was emotional that that last mm-hmm. episode. Before we get into that, I want to just go back, back, back to Colin and Christy before they were Colin and Christy when they were just Colin. And just Christy. Like, <laughs> right. who were you guys before it all even started? Like, what, what were you doing? I guess I'll, I'll start with you, Colin. Before we met? Before you met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grew up on the coast, surfer, sailor, um, you know, I was in the water a bunch. And, uh, you know, I think uh, into all the extreme sports, kind of an adrenaline junkie. Where'd you live? Uh, Padre Island. Padre Island. Yeah, South mm-hmm. Texas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so hometown Texas where we're at right now. That's right. Dallas. Okay. That's right. And uh, do, you just grew up there and then where, were you living in Texas too, Christy? I grew up in East Texas. So if you're from mm-hmm. Texas, you, you kind of say there's there's five different regions of Texas. So when if you're from Texas, he, he's from South Texas. I'm from East Texas. Okay. There's a whole understanding that goes oh. with that. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, they're in a different time zone. You have to set oh. your clock back a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> Are they really in a different time zone? No. <laughs> you, can, you can 
Teutonic or anything. Uh, so up. just be careful with that. Uh, yeah. So um, just more more deep south um, mm-hmm. part of Texas um, and and really good people. And so that's where I'm from. And it ha- we met at the University of Texas oh. in Austin. Oh, okay. So I had been Miss Teen USA in 1996, Mm -hmm. graduated high school early, um, and went to college, won Miss Teen USA, took a break, moved to LA, and I was doing acting, modeling, commercials. I did a television series called The New Adventures of Robin Hood that came on TNT. That's so cool. (laughs) It is. Wait, so did you see like the Men in Tights and they did all that stuff? Yes, but it was a different kind of series. It was kind of a Xena Hercules, if you guys are familiar, very tongue-in-cheek type. episode and Rowena was a sorcerer's apprentice so she was a witch and uh, (laughs) she was learning her magic and she would always get things wrong and and Robin Hood would have to come and his merry men would save the day and every once in a while I would save the day for them That sounds like a fun little adventure. (laughs) That was. You know, going from small town East Texas Mm -hmm. to we filmed that in Vilnius, Lithuania. Oh, wow. Random. So after Miss Teen USA, which took me out of Texas and seeing Mm -hmm. the world and then moving to L.A. and then living half of the year in Europe, Eastern Europe, and then traveling around there when I wasn't working, just that really opened my eyes to a world, the perspective, exactly, and, and really changed who I was as a person. Wow. So then, so you're doing that and then you go, so did you go, you did that and then came back to the university? I did. I decided to go back to school. So okay. I'd, I'd gone my first two years to college and I always knew I would go back mm-hmm. and decided I was, I would, and I wanted to go to the University of Texas in mm-hmm. Austin. And so I was a little bit older since I had taken a break and was going back to school with the youngins. And that's how I got my young hottie over here. We we met in communications class. Oh, really? He had hair as long as yours was on the race. No way. Surfer dude. (laughs) Was he tan as like leather? Yes. (laughs) Didn't own a pair of jeans, wore corduroy so that he could ride his trials bike and cardboard all over campus. All the teachers knew him. I mean, he was infamous. And he would sit on the front row um, of every class we were in. He was the only one who brought computers to class in those days. Still a technology person, huh? Totally. I've always been a geek at heart, for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. He took notes really well, you could tell. And he was so funny. Um, Every time he would make a comment that he thought was extra clever, he'd turn and look at me and, you know. She was like 30 rows back, you know, these massive auditoriums and, and then everyone between us is like who's he looking at and they would all look at her and she's like oh my god like, I don't, who I don't is know this him. guy I don't, no we're not together was that like just like flirting or were you guys yes. a, okay yeah. so you guys weren't like a couple or thing at the, okay <laughs> plant that's how you plant the seed that's right that's and right. so like how yeah. fitting that you guys met in communications class because you guys are such great communicators and we'll get to that later but I just think the irony of that, that is kind of ironic yeah. um, and so like who, who made the first move I guess you kind of with oh, yeah. the staring. She was definitely not going to be making a move on some surfer kid, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I, uh, they actually, her best friend and her, 
I guess, wanted my notes for class. And normally people would come up and ask me, hey, can I get the notes? Because I can see you're typing a bunch of notes. And I would just say, email me, put in the subject line what course we're in. That's all you need to do. I'll reply with the word doc, whatever. You were you the know? guy. That's nice. And, uh, but when she came up, her friend came up and asked for the notes. I was like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Um, what's your number? I'll give you a call. I'll print them out. You guys come on over. We'll go through the notes together. Anyways, what, what's your number? Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, I'll give you a call. Okay, see you later. And she was like, uh-huh, what? Because <laughs> I was like, that's my end. <laughs> she came back to me. She said, um, well, I've got good news and bad news. Because she originally wanted me to ask what for the notes. What they thought was bad news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the good news is we get his notes. Bad news, we're in a study group with them. So <laughs> now that's what we're doing for the rest of the semester. And we really got to know each other at a deeper friendship level. Yeah. But he was, for a good nine months, stuck in the friend, friend zone. zone. No, I was stuck in the friend zone. <laughs> I, were you I'm frustrated? You can get out of the friend zone. It's possible. It can be done. It's like a it's like a really tough roadblock. (laughs) And it feels impossible, but if you just keep sticking to it, you can break through. Oh yeah. That's right. I was stuck in the friend zone. You were stuck in the friend zone. There you go. That's right. (laughs) Same. Hey, that's a very similar experience we we all have. That's right. And it's something about becoming a friend, right? And like a confidant and be able to talk about things. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, Nicole and I, we would talk about our respective relationships Mm -hmm. at the time that I was in and she was in. And so then to come full circle and be in a relationship, I mean, you just know that person on a deeper level. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. From from at least other perspectives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You get a, a, a more whole picture. I was nursing a broken heart, which is probably the biggest reason I wasn't open to jumping into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so he was really there for me in that way. And I remember, though, he basically, he figured out how to get out of the friend zone. One day, (laughs) he knew knew my class schedule because we were good friends. And um, he knew when I would be coming out of this specific class. So he and a friend had made plans that they were going to be riding their trials bike around campus, shirtless, (laughs) hair pulled back, hot and sweaty. And I'm walking to the campus bus on the phone, talking to a girlfriend of mine, complaining about the guy I was dating at the time. And faster than you can imagine, there is a bicycle wheel in between my legs and a face about one inch from me. Hi, how you doing? And he just had these bright green eyes and his, you know, muscles were glistening. And I really, there was that, you know, heat that had been missing before and I yeah. felt it and I was so and I was not usually at a loss for words in those mm-hmm. days kind of overconfident yeah and I was kind of stunned and I looked at him and I just said oh I didn't know you had all that going on <laughs> <laughs> word for word that's <laughs> and I was like oh, okay finally <laughs> That's what we're looking for. Let, let's ride around for a while. Let's get really sweaty so we can listen. Right. Let's and get then these we'll muscles pumped it. up. Let's, you know, I didn't against. know I was that shallow, but apparently. <laughs> no, but I knew him at a deeper level as well. So it was just sort of like, wow, we have all of this in common. and Or in common. <laughs> um, that, you know, that we're both friends, you know, that we're That's friends. Right. And there, now there's an yeah. attraction. And so um, I canceled the date I had that Friday because I was thinking, you know, I really just want to go hang out with Colin and watch a movie. And oh. hang at his house, and we were attached at the hip. I mean, we literally moved in together oh, within wow. a Months. month. Yeah, no way, mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah, that was 18 years ago. 
Jeez. Almost so, 18 years in September. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations for you guys. That That's awesome. So one of the toughest things for me lately is actually sticking to my diet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard. It is hard. And it's and I have to reframe or reframe, but just change my mind to mm-hmm. where it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And that's exactly what this uh, new app that I'm trying is doing. It's called Noom. Yeah. How's that going? It's going good. Um, basically, they have this online community and they have these specialists and they it's basically a bundle of uh, a like a behavior change professional, nutrition expert, and a fitness trainer all mm-hmm. in one. And it's for less than the price of like one training session. Oh, nice. It's pretty crazy. Um, and they have that, you know, community for you that, you know, can help keep you encouraged and on track. Um, so it's really cool. I like it. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just different, right? Yeah, because, because it's like got everything you want. It's got, it's, it does something with your food. You can track your food. Yeah. The, visualize the portion sizes. Yeah, and um, you can take this, uh, it's like a 30-second online evaluation that can show you how much weight you can lose and keep off, right? And not everybody has time, right? We're always strapped for time, but this Noom is just telling you to commit 10 minutes a day to this, mm-hmm. and they'll like, give you the encouragement and the tools that you need to change your life. Yeah, so, that's cool. It's really awesome. So if you visit today, go to Noom.com slash Coco, and you should start your trial. I mean, what do you have to lose? You can start a new life, you know, start new habits. So again, that's Noom.com slash Coco. So three years after you guys got together is when... Yeah, like two years after we got together, we did the race. And then it aired six or nine months later or something okay. like that. So yeah, we've been together for a couple of years when we did it. So how did that even come about, you guys, the first time, you know, living together to get on the race? Well, Christy had won Miss Teen USA. And uh, at that time for reality shows, they did a lot of casting from that pool. Okay. Because they figured, you know... Uh, the, the modern you know, day social media that's right. type and, of deal. And, yeah. yeah, beauty pageant winners would be great TV. They're attractive. Yeah. They, there may be some drama, mm-hmm. you know, and so she used to get recruited for, you know, Bachelor, Bachelorette, mm. all the... And, and back then, if you were an actor, you didn't do reality TV. Yeah. And so she would always, no thanks, no right. thanks, no thanks. And so she had gotten this call about Amazing Race, and I looked it up online, and we'd never heard of it, you know, it, yeah. at that time it had only been a few seasons and I looked up what the show was about, and I was like, no, Christy, you don't understand. This is like racing around the world and bungee jumping and skydiving yeah. and like all, all these action. I'm like, we got to try to get on this. <laughs> We're so, made for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we made a tape and sent it in and then just kind of went through the whole process from there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I remember you telling me, uh, Nicole and I, about the race at that time. And wh- one of the things that intrigued us the most is how many plane tickets you were able to purchase can yes. and like how much you spent in that one agency yes, yes. so back then the, the rule was you know you had your certain amount of cash for the leg and then every team sound person had a credit card mm-hmm. that would be used for buying air travel air travel only you okay. know your cash covered everything else yeah. and then the rule was buy full fare economy tickets so that if you didn't end up using a certain flight they could return them okay but what that meant is that you know, as soon as someone would say, this is your quickest flight, like, cool, book it. Okay, now keep looking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, you found one 15 minutes faster? Book that one. <laughs> now keep looking. You know, so sometimes we'd end up with two or three sets of tickets for our whole crew, and then they would have to be left, I guess, dealing with returning the ones we didn't use. <laughs> but yeah, one time we were down in uh, in Bariloche in the southern tip of Ar- um, Argentina. Uh-huh. And we opened a clue saying go to St. Petersburg, Russia. You know, so it was a, a big uh, jump. Yeah. And we went into this travel agency. We're like, hey, you know, what's the what's the fastest way we can get to St. Petersburg from, you know, Buenos Aires? 
and they're looking up all the tickets. Uh, okay, this is this one. It's twenty five hundred dollars a ticket. You know, and we're like, okay, let's keep looking. And they found another one that was, I think it came in 22 minutes before going through some totally different route. And they're like, oh, but you're not going to want, these are 10 grand to pop, you know? <laughs> and we're like, cool, we'll take it. <laughs> and, and, and there was four teams. There was four teams, which meant there was four sets of camera crews. So we bought 16 tickets, $160,000. Oh, and my each, God. each sound person had to put a $40,000 charge through, which took a long time. They had to call the credit card companies. They had Approve credit card the transactions. Yes. For 22 minutes. Yeah. That's how. For That's a 22 exact- minute saving, we're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> that is bizarre. I can't even imagine because even like even when we raced this time around, when when you know booking a flight or whatever, it was nice to be able to say, yeah, just charge it on the card. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a trip, but I can't imagine 160 grand. I mean, CPS must have been like, oh my god, what yeah, did we get like, ourselves and in? time to change this rule. Yeah, the yeah. rule yeah. is forever nil and void. Um, <laughs> yeah, because on this season when we were on it, it was like look up, look up the. F- it's scary because you want them to look up the flights you want the best one but you know other teams are looking up too so yes. like do you book it or do you tell them to keep looking and that was was when we had to book our own flights it was actually really stressful yes. for us because we're like we don't when do you know. pull the trigger yeah. and, and, and the yeah. rule this time was once you book your flight your original flight is nil and void that's you right. Use it so that you can't book another one. It's so like, that's oh, right. my flight's delayed. I can't even get on the original flight. Like exactly. that. That that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that was that's that right. was hard for us totally too. Totally different dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Because knowing we couldn't just mm-hmm. find a better flight if something else came along, or book yeah. a better flight if something else came along. So you really had to get it right the first time. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just want to go off the path a little bit. I I am fascinated, Colin, with your drone history. <laughs> so where? Because I know you, you have. Have your own like consulting company essentially and, and you've testified before Congress and, yep. and you do all types of research and stuff. How did that even come about? Like where did that come from? You know, again, just being a geek at heart, loving toys and gadgets and stuff like that all growing up and always did remote control stuff. And um, so I think where that came about is I had a home builder marketing firm and we did a lot of architectural photography and we used to hire helicopters to try to get aerials of these really big homes. And so I saw this basically opportunity to convince Christy to let me spend $25,000 on a toy helicopter (laughs) because it was for work, quote unquote, right? And I was like, I'm going to build a giant helicopter and stick a camera on it. And I wasn't the first person to do this. There was other people doing it. I found it online. I found these forums. We buy this part. You you know, you're buying Mm -hmm. parts from 10 different countries and kind of making this thing in the garage. So you're part of like this original community of people trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just an excuse to have a really cool toy helicopter. That's, That's what it originally got me into it and then like where did that where did it come to like now like how does it progress to what you're doing now because that's huge yeah yeah and i think um you know it was try to make a very long story short yeah you know it was um really trying to understand where the value came from from these flying cameras and in the early days the people that were willing to pay really good rates to get you to come out and fly was production okay tv shows movies commercials stuff like that but the footage was from these kind of homemade helicopters was really poor. It was really shaky. And so I ended up working with this company who was a 13-person company at the time in China that was making the autopilot that I used on my helicopter. They were a company called DJI. And oh. I knew them well. I knew the founder there. So we, I ended up hiring them as an engineering firm to develop a stabilized gimbal for my aerial photography company. So we worked on that together. And once it worked... 
we I was like, this is going to be a game changer. No one can shoot stable footage, and exactly. that's what everybody in the in the industry wants. They had been flying around helicopters with cameras strapped to them for exactly. like ten years. Yeah. This was not a new concept. It's just the footage wasn't any good. And so we developed that together. Ultimately, I, I was the founder and CEO of DJI North America to like launch this product. Wow! And you know, then we started making products that made it easier for people to learn with, which became the Phantom. That was the, the kind of the first consumer quadcopter. But ultimately, yeah, we grew from three million a year in revenue to twenty to one thirty to four fifty <laughs> to a billion in like four years. It was That's it was crazy. We insane. just built the whole industry. And yeah. just like the cost savings of like, oh, now we don't have to get all these helicopters in the That's air right. with a pilot and then the camera guy in the That's right. And all the fuel and all, you know, now you can just fly this thing around for the cost of, you know, two pennies worth of electricity. With like 4K uh, with recording. Four, four, 6K. Four, yeah. 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 That's insane. Yep. Insane. So, yeah, I always thought that was interesting and the stuff that you guys are doing now, you guys should check out. What's the website that you guys have or your business? Yeah, GwynPartners.com. Yeah, you guys have some yeah. really cool yeah, stuff on there. Yeah, we're doing manned drones. We're, you know, passenger drones. We have, you know, now, that, now it's all about fully autonomous drone stations and that's what you'll start seeing in probably two or three years every construction site will just have a box where a drone pops out scans the site creates a model creates a map you know does comparative analysis versus the plans for the site what's actually happening on the earth all fully autonomous with you know machine learning computer vision ai stuff like that like like 10 minutes after he (laughs) it'll just say hey this foundation was poured six inches to the left Wow. You know, yeah. Yeah. What what great strides. Um wow, that was really cool. Uh and Chris they, so they were totally geeking out yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try not to go too deep down the rabbit hole. I the thing is what I with me, like I see stuff like that and like I was telling you the other day, I was watching this documentary where they were using like the drone yes. for the whale's blowhole because they needed that spit, you know, from the whale and so they had to fly the drone right over to catch it with a petri dish. Like all that stuff just fascinates me and then I go down like all these weird YouTube yes. video rabbit holes with like technology and all that so I definitely geek out as one oh, does you. on YouTube <laughs> it's oh, so bad yeah. it's so bad I start with one Slash thing so good at getting yeah. attention <laughs> and then like a half an hour later I'm like conspiracy theories yes. and <laughs> aliens area oh, 51 I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad Ladies, if you are looking for a new bra, a new bra, there is this company called Third Love. And what it is, is so what first what I did is I went to the website. I found my perfect fit in 60 seconds with a quiz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Breast shape matters when finding a good bra and that's yeah. what they specialize in. So they even ask you questions about that. So what I really love is every customer, you have 60 days to wear this bra, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you return it. Third level, wash it and donate it to a woman in need. So what are you going to lose if you don't like the bra? Exactly. Um, It saves you a trip from going to the store. You know, you order online. It comes to you. That's awesome. Um, so basically, it's one of the mo- it's the most comfortable bra I own. I have several from Third Love. So um, they're they're straps that won't slip. They're lightweight, soft, smoothie, breathable cotton bras. Exactly what you're looking for. Um, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/coco to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Coco for 15% off today. Christy, I want to know how you got into your... Like, I feel like, like the life coach type? Yeah. yeah how, did, like, how, did, how did that come about for you? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I mean, 
I feel like you started that and then you brought that to Colin, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So where, where did you find that? What? Yeah, like what age? Because uh, like right now, I, I always have, I'm always stressed and I need some advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> again, make a long story short. Um, I was doing sports marketing, and when he became the CEO of DJI North America, I quit my company to go be his director of operations. Oh, wow. So um, we started working together for the first time, which was a nightmare. <laughs> Last time we had worked that close. I was bad. I was real bad. What a supportive uh, partner, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I was like, oh, and by the way, I can only afford to pay about half of what you're making now. Yeah. <laughs> but please quit and come help me. Yeah. I need someone I can trust and yeah. I can't really afford to pay someone that mm-hmm. is not you, you yeah, know, that I'd have to bring right. in that I can really trust and I know can do the job. So we did that for a couple of years. And when he sold his shares in DJI and partnered up uh, in another company called 3D Robotics, that was my opportunity to really take a moment and look inward and see what I wanted to do. Cause yeah. I'd been mom mm-hmm. and you know, I've been working ever since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And my original love, uh, we met in communications class, but my original love was psychology. Oh. And I was really going to, I was going to go get my PhD in psychology and okay. be a therapist. And mm-hmm. I really just love the way humans mm-hmm. interact and are. That's always been my big, that's yeah. what I'll geek over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I will have a conversation on that all, yeah. all day long. And, um, so I was going back to school is what I had decided. I was studying for my GRE and it was all in motion. And uh, we, our relationship was really kind of hit a rock bottom. Mm. He was traveling a lot, working a lot. Oh. His dad had recently passed away. And mm. often when we haven't fully healed those aspects of ourselves yeah. that are left um, vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When a, when a parent passes away, if you've never had that experience, you will um, distract yourself. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that's through work and that's what he was doing. And our house flooded. <laughs> so oh, one thing on we, top of the other. Yeah. It's one of those things um, that you look back on and see blessing in disguise yeah. when you look at that. But um, the kids and I were in a hotel by ourselves living there for a couple of weeks while they were fixing the house. He's traveling and just out of pocket. We're never talking. And I, and also we just did not have the communication and the intimacy in our relationship Mm -hmm. that I was really craving and missing. And, um, I had what I call a dark night of the soul, um, where it was just sort of like, I'm done. I can't do this. And, um, you know, something happens when you do that. You, uh, when you're holding on so tight, especially mm-hmm. in relationship. You know, for Colin, he's been everything to me. We we've been together for so long, and even at that point, we had been together for so long. So the idea that this isn't working, this is over, just crushed me. We had yeah. children, like we had a whole life, mm-hmm. and at the same time, had to recognize that this is not working. Yeah, and I just breathed for the first time. <laughs> you know, like really mm-hmm. breathe for the first time. And when you let go, sometimes they're saying, let go, let God. When you let go, Mm -hmm. there's just a flood of consciousness that starts to enter into your purview, Mm -hmm. into your body. And you can have a higher awareness, a broader perspective. And that's what I was able to do that night. It was one of those where you're in fetal position crying Mm -hmm. and you just, you've cried everything out. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you just, ah. And when I did that, I could really start to see my part in the play. 
you okay. know, because yeah. it takes two to tango. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not one sided. We like to be in that tit for tat blame yeah. game thing. Yeah. And um, I watched a video that I'd been sitting on. It was a very synchronistic thing that I someone had sent me and um, it was talking about energy and vibration and frequency and it talked about Dr. Emoto's um, experiment on water and how much what we say and the energy that we project, how that affects water and the fact that humans are made up mm-hmm. of 70 to 80% water and yeah. just went deep down into that and it's one of those like where you might go down the rabbit hole of YouTube uh-huh. and but your body lights up like you know you're hearing your truth mm-hmm. like this is speaking to you it's kind of like if you hear a beautiful song and you get chills yeah. all up and down your body it was like that I was hearing this beautiful song and I just knew wow this is it like this this is truth that I know it was mm-hmm. really speaking to me and it was helping me kind of gain clarity and that led to um, just down a path where uh, I suddenly the idea of life coaching came in yeah, and a life coaching certification and I just knew immediately I don't want to go back to school and go into therapy I want to get my uh, I want to become a life coach because this is really you know it's it's less about trudging up the past mm-hmm. um, and more about yes you want to heal those shadow aspects but it's also about um becoming your best self and how to do that and those tools. And as I was really deep diving into that, um, at the same time that I thought, you know, this may be over and at the same time, it's also worth fighting for. So started putting into practice what I was learning and for myself, meditation became a big part of that, but there's a lot of other things and started putting into practice within our relationship. And I think as I, started to clean up my own vibration he was responding to it and then he started cleaning up his and then it just became this thing that started feeding upon each other until a year later we're looking at each other and we're like this is you're a totally different person and this is a totally different relationship and I had no idea you could go from that to this and we've just been building you know that was probably about eight years ago so not that long ago. Yeah. And we've been um, building ever since from there. You know, we've um, had a chance to go to Peru a couple of times, um, drink ayahuasca, plant medicine, of that spiritual culture, which is all about healing and really going inward and looking at shadow aspects of yourself that you want to clean up. We don't really know the dense energy we come in. You know, it's ancestral and it's also from our own life experience. And this is really the difference that you see even from season five, Colin and Christy, (laughs) and season 31, Colin and Christy, is that in many, many ways, um, you know, you you guys understand editing. You're only seeing one portion of what's really going on. Exactly. But the three-dimensional character of Colin, for example, is very much like the Colin you know today uh, when he's, you know, fun-loving and Mm -hmm. and collaborative and happy and at the same time not a whole lot of resilience, so easily triggered, and especially inside of a container of Amazing Race. And so those triggers are the dense energy that's living inside of us that that often relationship right? That's the blessing of relationship is kind of poking and prodding at those. And it's an opportunity to say, Oh, here's an aspect of myself that hasn't quite fully healed or matured or been integrated into my body. And my partners kind of pointed that out and I could play the blame game and I could project this all onto him or her, or I could start to look inward and say, Hmm, 
where's my part in this play? Yeah. And when you right. start to learn the tools to do that and you have um, a practice like meditation, which yeah. allows you to go from high beta into alpha, which is more of a flow state, which is exactly what we were practicing on the race. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were getting into flow state. Yeah. So that we're out of the thinking mind, especially like after the U-turn. Yeah. <laughs> when, we're, when we're making the flower headdress. Yeah. yeah. And before you guys get there and the, our, they don't show this, but the, the cow, cow runs off into the, the woods. woods. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to be doing that again. So we, we do three um, <laughs> Detours, not two. <laughs> and we are not really talking at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a full flow state where it's almost telepathic communication. You just are in this space. It's kind of like extreme athletes. Mm-hmm. Time stands still. It's a timelessness, a spacelessness. And you're able to sort of mold the clay of the energy of that space and time more so than when you're in this high beta, frantic, yeah. anxious place. It's right. so cool because it's, it's, and it's, it could be something so little because it's almost like getting under your skin. Nothing can really get under your guys' skin. When something so simple as like Nicole beating me in, in a card game and her being like, Ooh, I beat you, I beat you. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm putting my His headphones on. Boiling. Like, don't worry. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just one of that those things. Us. Yeah, and so when 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 you guys, I see you guys like nothing. It, it feels like it. I mean, I know yeah, not sure everybody's perfect, but nothing is like. Oh, I mean, it's fine. Like you won, that's great. Like I'm happy for you. Like that's yep. awesome. And I try to do that sometimes, but I don't practice things enough to where I can like fully just be like, like you know. actually happy or yeah. actually like good job. You know, he won't ever say good job. It's just like. Yeah, whatever. You got more. You got more draw. Because I'm two just so cards competitive. Or, you, know? you know, you get so yeah, competitive too, with those brother. things. I know. And, and you know what's interesting? I think that those triggers. Hearing you talk about it, Chrissy, it's almost like bruises. Like if you have a bruise on your body. If you don't have a bruise, I can push on your body. It doesn't hurt. Exactly. If you have a really bad bruise and I push on it, it Uh hurts. Uh So think of those traumas in our body or traumas in our psyche as bruises, right? And and when somebody beats you at something, there's some bruise there that's getting poked. Yeah. And so doing the work is identifying the bruise and then like healing it. Exactly. And letting it to process, letting that blood flow through or whatever needs to happen to build that resilience so that when somebody beats you at something, you're like, sweet, nice work, man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because you might follow that. Just as hard. You can still go just as hard as you ever did. And that was my big fear going into all this stuff was if I become all Zen and conscious, am I gonna lose my competitive edge? Yeah. Because I love being competitive. I love going as hard as I can possibly go. And I still go as hard as I yeah. can possibly go, but there's not the trigger if I don't win yeah. that there used to be. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so the so the the work just to clarify for those who might be wondering, well, what do I do? You know, I have a bruise. Exactly. I have bruises yeah. all over my body. What do I do? <laughs> about that? do. Yeah. And what you'll find is as you start to deep dive, and we say look at sort of the shadow. We call it the shadow because it's the part of yourself you can't see, mm-hmm. and actually. You, you see it through relationships. Yeah, so it's like you said, like when somebody says, like your partner says something about you or to you, and then you get, you're, you get automatically get mad. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, that defensiveness. You've been triggered. Yeah. And so whatever she said that's really poked at the bruise in you, if you were to really follow that, you might find that there's a six-year-old victor mm-hmm. who was you know, made fun of in his kindergarten class because he couldn't, you know, figure something out Mm -hmm. and all the other boys didn't accept him because of, right? And so when you start to understand that and you realize like, oh, wow, the, the part of me that's reacting to losing this card game right now is 
six-year-old Victor. Yeah. You know? Who was but, just trying to protect me at that time. Yeah. yeah. Doing but 30-year-old Victor realizes that this is just fun and games, you know? <laughs> and, and so you can start to, in, in meditation and breath work, and again, like we said, plant medicine, but even ecstatic dance. Like there are so many different ways yeah. to process that dense energy out of the body. Mm-hmm. And when you start to integrate and experience life through through a, a more integrated um, experience, I mean, you will... Every single time you are triggered by your partner, you you get excited. It's like, oh, is, this hurts right now. But on the other side of this, I get to feel more love. I get yeah. to feel more joy because, and and that's the other thing too. A lot of times people get triggered. They don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel that. Yeah. But you can't really have one without the other. It's sort of the light and the dark, the yin mm-hmm. and the yang. You have to really feel what's going on inside of you. Um, even that sadness or, or, you know, like when his dad passed away, a lot of what was happening with mm-hmm. us is he didn't want to feel that. Yeah. So he was avoiding yeah. communicating denial. with me because yeah. communicating with me was just going to trigger all those feels that yeah. you have, have to talk about that yep. you don't exactly. want to. Yeah. But it's having those feelings and really feeling into your deepest sorrow that allows you, that gives rise to your greatest joy. Mm-hmm. So and really knowing that. If somebody wants to go on a deep dive in YouTube or something, like what would I, what would I search to start that process? What do you think? Well, if you're in relationship, Colin mm-hmm. and I actually created a free video series. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, six-part cool. video series at colinandchristy.com. Okay. Oh, nice. And it's, we really made this video. It's, it's part of our dharma, like a giving back, that we had the second chance mm-hmm. to go back on the race. And we knew that we wanted to apply all of these practices inside yeah. that container and that people might be curious to know more. So we wanted to create this video series as sort of a thanks to the, to the universe for giving us this blessing and mm-hmm. this opportunity and here's some of the things that we do um, and did in our relationship that has cultivated more intimacy and more sexuality mm-hmm. and more sensuality in our relationship so I would start there yeah, yeah, yeah that's, no, awesome. that, that's really cool and I like that uh, I like that you opened up about your relationship in the past that things do happen right oh, yeah all the things have happened yeah and nobody <laughs> you know what i mean like a lot a lot of people can see from the outside in and and that's why i like talking to people and they think it's perfect all that's the right. time you that's know? right and relationships do take work and it's yep. not 100 percent easy all the time but that's yep. what brings you guys closer and, and, I, and really it helps everyone that. else that's at home that thinks well everyone else is so happy look at them on media look at them yes. you know and they realize well they worked to get there or they did struggle to get there. So then it gives people, you know, listening, okay, well, like, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to work on us. I don't have to give up. Yeah, exactly. Giving up, you know, isn't always the answer. And sometimes it's easy and... That's not what... That's why we love the platform of the race and mm-hmm. how it became very clear for us that that was an opportunity for us to go show, not tell. Because really, mm-hmm. this is yeah. this is a show. That's true. You're not going to yeah. learn this in a book. You're not going to mm-hmm. learn this from a preacher, teacher, in a pulpit. Like, they can tell you, but you really have to experience and show. And there was a story arc. We knew. I mean, Colin and Christy, season five, that is... It's kind of like... If they can do it, anyone can do it, you know? And what, and what a better way, right? Yep. Like, because 
It did. It worked. Everybody <laughs> looks at you guys like, man, they are so freaking calm and chill all the time in this last leg more than any moment, right? Taxi's gone, yeah. stuck, uh, uh, decoding. You know, what a better time to be calm and composed and mm-hmm. having a really dig deep mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, bring that out. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you guys about is are you big on the law of attraction, is that something that you guys like believe? Because I've seen like they have the documentary on Netflix that I had seen, and like people do the storyboards, and like if you put it out in the universe, it'll come back to you. Like, how, how do you guys feel about that? Yes, I don't. I don't usually use the term law of attraction because a lot of people have a distaste because there's a misunderstanding about that. Okay, you know, um, and I think you're talking about the secret. Yes, yes. yes. And I remember when that came out, and and it's funny because when that came out, I remember looking at Colin going, "That's not a secret. That's how. <laughs> that's, I've been knowing that. I've been running my life like that all the time." He's like, "Me too." Um, <laughs> but when you take a deep dive, so that is a universal law, um, similar to gravity is a law, right? Like you don't have to believe in gravity, but it's happening. Yeah. So. The law of attraction is this um, like attracts like. Mm -hmm. So what you vibrate is what you create Mm -hmm. in your reality. So what most people have a superficial understanding of what law of attraction is. They and think of it as like I'm going to put a happy face sticker on on top of an empty gas gauge, right? (laughs) And I'm just going to have this positive thinking and I'm going to ignore all this shadow stuff (laughs) that's actually living in my body. So the important thing is it's about what you vibrate. Mm-hmm. So which is why we are always going for the vibration of love because love is the highest frequency in the universe. Mm-hmm. That is the highest frequency. This is when you become powerful beyond measure. So when we are being U-turned, for example, yeah. we it doesn't serve us to mm-hmm. hang on to any sort of resentment yeah. that mm-hmm. any team mm-hmm. has U-turned us. It doesn't serve us to take that personally because all that's going to do is now I'm vibrating at the level of resentment. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Versus if I can immediately say, hey, it's part of the game. Anyone's allowed to play yeah. however they want to play. And we forgive you. I forgive you. I mm-hmm. let it go. Now I'm at that vibration of forgiveness. I'm at that vibration of love. Yeah. And so my ability to get into flow state and make two headdresses when my cow runs off. <laughs> right? right? Because we were not there in season five when we got yielded. Okay, same, similar situation. We got yielded. The, the infamous My Ox is Broken mm-hmm. was the same leg that we got yielded. So it was a very interesting um, kind of fractal reliving yeah. moment of season 31 when mm-hmm. the U-turn happened. And we were in our heads and we were angry at Chip yeah. and Ken. They were our friends. We had helped them this whole time. How yeah. dare they? You know, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we were at. So when we get to the Ox, of course, we don't end up getting getting clear instructions. Mm-hmm. We don't know that I can lead the ox. He's trying to do it all by himself. Oh. And that's one of those things too, where it's like, well, they didn't show us. We realized, and they showed the other teams, but when you get into flow state, when you're able to, again, you get what yeah. you give, likely the little guy would have shown us how yeah. to do it. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're creating it at a yeah. higher level. So we get there, our resilience is gone, we're vibrating in resentment, and, you know, this freaking my ox is broken. Yeah. And it was, you know, yep. Experience, that's how it happens, right? 
Yeah. yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So the idea is if you want to work with a vision board or you want to work with quantum yeah. visualization, which is exactly what we were doing on the race, then like when we were envisioning winning, we, we envisioned running to the mat with Phil and everyone standing around mm. clapping like so many times. And the, the times that we would do it were the legs of the race that we either won or we had just done really badass, right? Yeah. And so we're in this high vibrational state and now we would feed off of each other and go, yeah, and then we're running in and mm-hmm. we can see everyone smiling and they're laughing and, oh my God, <laughs> it feels so good and feels right there and you've just won a million dollars because that's what we're vibrating. Yeah. And so in that space, what we are putting into our imagination that's molding the clay of the reality that we ultimately want to create into the physical we're bringing the non-physical into the physical so when we are running to the mat with phil it it's surreal it's mm-hmm. like we're in a dream it's like i've lived this a million times <laughs> over and it's here happening we are. Yeah. real life um that's that's really cool. I'm happy that you guys were able to. I mean, I got to work on that now, yeah. <laughs> big time. Um, and now I just want to transition into this episode. Um, it was, gosh, that was a tough episode. And you got you guys did a lot. You guys ended up. I mean, that was a lot of tasks in one in the, fun, in the, <laughs> in the finale. Yeah, final leg. Um, but before that, uh, I wanted to clarify that yes. in in when we were doing the decoding. You did help me, Kristen. But, <laughs> but I, cut that out. I, I, <laughs> Why did they do that? I had to wait because you guys were working together and it was a little awkward. But I had to wait and I knew this because you're such a sweet person. I had to wait for Corey to leave the room to catch you one-on-one mm-hmm. and be like, hey, because I really wasn't understanding the instructions. And then she told me and I was like, I had the aha moment. I was like, aha. Yeah. I got, I, okay, this this comes easy enough. Yeah. So I just wanted to dispel that. <laughs> yes. Um, and and you're probably right that to wait for, for Corey to leave. And at the same time, though, we we really still were of the mindset of collaboration over competition. Yeah. And it wasn't um, an expectation that you would help me back, which yeah. you didn't. You walked out. You're like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was, okay. Okay. There was a little resentment um, in my heart. Just a, just a little bit. <laughs> um, but we always, again, molding the clay, it's it's at a higher level than just the three-dimensional sort of tit for tat. Oh, I did this for you. Now you're supposed to do yeah. this for me. It's like, no, I'm getting what I'm giving. So if I'm putting that out there and I'm coming from this place of love and collaboration, mm-hmm. ultimately it's going to come back in the form of, and like for us, it's a challenge that's just so seemingly impossible yeah. that takes teams hours and hours that it gives us the opportunity to actually catch yeah. up. Yeah. And it's a challenge that is extremely difficult for us as well. And at the same time, we know deep down, if we give it enough time, we will be able to get this. And holy crap, Colin. I, yes. I, we were there for like two hours, <laughs> I think. And, and you know, we've replayed this over and over in our head. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Like, it, when you guys got there and we had been there so long, we should have just left. But aside the fact, seeing you actually being able to do it. Yeah. Because w- we just tried. I tried. I, Nicole put the oars in the boat. Nicole just hold them out the boat and whatever. And Nicole. And I... And I just couldn't, and it, and it was like you guys said. Had I had some clarity and this, that, and the third, like you guys, and you know, I had practiced that before, maybe I could have. 
less frustrated, more focused, you whatever. Have. You, you know, and but it was and damn, you look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> See, so did you. <laughs> you both did. <laughs> Senior, and then at the end when you were done, just like rinsing out your shirt, <laughs> and the pecs had the lines in it, and I was like, God, this guy. <laughs> How did that feel for you though? Because yeah. you were one second off. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um, I guess. You know, it goes back to like it really required so much brain processor and body, like you know, movement and awareness and strength. It yeah. was kind of this combination because it was so much about balance and timing yeah, and it, like. Then there was like like five different movements because not yes. only are you sliding forward and backwards, yes. you have to twist your wrist one way when you go down, twist yes. them back the other way, and then roll. And kind of go above and below each other and, and was, have yeah, the balance. There all was that. so much going on, and so I think it's a matter of like. It, it really required like a hundred percent of my processor, right? So yeah. if I'm thinking anything about anything else, that is processor that's being used thinking about worrying about not being able yeah. to do this. And so I started just playing with it and I kept visualizing all these videos I've seen of people rowing crew <laughs> that just look so graceful and easy, yeah. right? Like the movie Limit- Limitless. Yes. You start downloading all that information. Yes. So I just start visualizing that. And, and they didn't show any of this, but I start yelling at everybody on the on the like <laughs> banks of the shore. You know, I'm like, I need all your love. I need all your help. You know, send me your positive vibes. And, and I start, like, as I'm rowing, I start singing the, the, the chant to Chariots of Fire. You know, I'm like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, if I can just get super stoked and have fun with this, and like maybe it's going to start clicking, you know. And, and finally, it, it started clicking. I realized that if I could get some momentum going and some that, speed up, uh, then I could kind of stay mm-hmm. in it, stay in it. If I could just stay in it for a minute, you know. Yeah, so. and, and when people don't see, it's like, and I and I'm glad that you said it on, on the show is you can have three or. F- Three amazing strokes, and yes. those strokes will go yeah. perfect. And then your paddle just barely catches the paddle one time. catches once when you're coming back, yes. or your hands hit each other, yes, exactly. and you're just like, and then you lose and you're, and you're the whole thing. It's gone. It. It's we had trouble going right. straight too. Like we well, the would wind turn. was blowing at an did. angle yeah. Yeah. into us at an angle, so it would have to be like both both paddles, both paddles, both paddles, one paddle, both paddles, both oh, paddles, both paddles, one paddle, okay. and I would have to keep one out of wow. the water every third paddle or every fourth paddle to try and keep it. Because you had to go between the two buoys, yeah. you couldn't just get to the other side. You had to go between the little yellow. That was it was tough. And and, yeah. and like you were saying, everything. Because I mean, you probably let's say you didn't get it on that one. Like you might not have gotten it on the next one, and it might have taken a little bit longer. That's everything right. had to come together yes. in that, that perfect one time, one time right. to make it within that one. That's second. right. Because the the one where we barely missed it by like a second or two, it took us three or four more. That's what I'm saying. To yeah. do another one, it wasn't like oh, we just did it one more time and then we got it within yeah. uh, you know 59 seconds. Uh-huh. It was like mess up again, mess up again, mess up again. I was like, oh my god, is this going to happen? And then <laughs> finally, and actually, the time that it happened, I was rowing, I was rowing, I was rowing. We we're having a good run. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're halfway in. Like, keep this up, and this is going to be it. And then I fell off my seat. Oh. My seat slid back, and I was sitting on the bottom of the thing. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> And, wow. and 
But we ended up getting it within 59 seconds. And so it was just arms. Arms, only. no legs. No movement of my lower body <laughs> wow. for the second half. Yeah, it was crazy. That reminds yeah. me of like, I don't know if you've seen the Dawn Wall, the, the, the documentary. It's so funny. We were talking about that with Phil last night. Yeah. 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 When he was getting, when he was stuck on pitch 13, uh, a, going, you know, yes. sideways. I, that That's kind of like what it reminds me Man, of. You just got to keep going. Yeah. You although know? just not nearly that legit. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> if nobody's ever seen the Dawn Wall, and I, I was very skeptical. I'm not a rock climber. Huh? Nothing like that really, you know, interests me. Like, I like seeing high stuff in mountains. Yeah. But just rock climbing itself. But that was a heck of a documentary. Yep. I don't know. And then, and then the because look at the time. Too. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So then in the final, the final leg, I didn't realize you and Tyler and Corey were so, like, neck and neck the whole time. And coming out and not being able to find your taxi mm-hmm. when you were clearly, like, in first and you had to... Being able to keep like calm and coming back from that, <sighs> like, because I feel like I would have been like, "Well, Vic, that's it." Like now, you know, I'm in that mindset of, "Well, there we go." Like, well, we're done. I, to, to be fair, I did lose it on the taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw Colin over there, just like, just, just, yeah. Let's just get uh, going dude. to our next location. Telling him anything right now proving, is not going to help. That's proving it. we are human. <laughs> it does happen. There was yeah. a trigger, and 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 that's like a, a testament to. Um, for us, it was really easy to detach from winning if it's like one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, you know, yeah. it's like whatever, we come in second, third, no big deal. Yeah, so yeah. if something like that happens, mm-hmm. it's it, you'd have to have a lot happening to us yeah. to mm-hmm. phase us on one of those other legs. The million dollar yeah, leg. Right. The million dollar leg. It's really difficult to detach from that and I could that triggered in me just mm-hmm. how much I wanted to win. Yeah. And so um and and so yeah, and there was a bit of unconsciousness there for a moment because even as he saying like don't do this this isn't serving i'm like oh yes it is i need to tell him how it is (laughs) and for the record we do apologize to him and we also give him all the rest of our money and we thank him so much and he was very happy (laughs) and we had a great experience and it was all wonderful no when i was uh, watching though i was kind of like colin let her give it like let her give it to him because i'm like man nicole will do the same (laughs) thing you know no he needs to stay there like he cannot go i was just thinking i was like let's just get going toward our next yeah. location and on the way let's give it to him but it was yeah. one of those things where it was kind of like we're meant to have the same cab all day long mm-hmm. and we're gonna I didn't know how many more stops you were gonna have yeah. Yeah. and so it's kind of like okay we've got to you've got to be right there and ready to go because right. we're gonna be neck and neck yeah. all day long yeah. and, and we were we just feeding them hundreds you, yeah. you know you're gonna we're have like, the biggest fair of your life all day but you gotta be there <laughs> you gotta be there yeah. exactly that's crazy and yeah like you said it was so close even down to the drum set where you both thought you were done just asking for the give Mm -hmm. me the go ahead and what attention to detail one has to have for that because for either of you guys at any moment like you said on the show that's right he could have saw his symbol and been like oh i just need to loosen this a little bit and you guys still not find you know that's right like how how is that processing that's the perfect testament of of being able to slow down take a breath and like not force it you know from, from your small self to let you know, a, a higher knowing that's not in your small ego mind kind of guide you. And yeah. I think that was a, that's exactly how it played out. Yeah. yeah. I had an intuitive hit that, cause we were adjusting the way the stool I was. was. Just about it was all that. kind of things. She had that she did. thoughts. Like it, it has to be in the details. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's I can not tell. where I they're at. I knew I was like, it's something about that. And we had also had an experience where, um, kind of like there's no time, um, in general, but we could really ex- have that 
true experience on the race where in those challenges that were really difficult, like the rowing, while I was in the moment doing the rowing, I could also see us at home on the couch watching (laughs) with our tribe (laughs) and our family. And it was happening at the same time. And so I knew that at home they were going to be highlighting the one little area, the one thing that was wrong. So I got this hit. It's some little small detail. It's not all this adjustment. He says, we got to call our angels and guides. He's so cute. (laughs) And I'm thinking, well, either way, telepathically, if there is no time and we've got tribe at home on the couch who are seeing exactly what's going on, they're probably screaming it at the TV. So we might be able to hear that if we can just take a breath and get into a more alpha brainwave mm-hmm. state because in that alpha theta brainwave state, you are like, we don't realize how much we into, I mean, look, you guys play big brother. Big brother is a big part of this mm-hmm. being able to read the energy mm-hmm. of another, to know who you can trust. That is Mm -hmm. knowing and understanding at a more energetic level than what's actually being shown physically. So when you really understand that, you can start to play with it at a higher level. So it's like, okay, telepathically, we've Mm -hmm. got people at home in a totally (laughs) other other time and space that can be telling us what's going on. And what was so beautiful, and I'm so glad that they showed it, because it did happen that way, was when I knew I wasn't going to figure it out. I'm not the technical person. And this is an hour in of trying to figure out what's this little detail. Yeah. Oh my God. With with like the loud music of Yeah. Not being able to translate that when you're watching it on on TV, I just cannot imagine trying to talk to each other with an entire, you know, symphony of drums and people singing and oh my gosh. Yeah, whole whole other level. Although on TV, I thought it was really cool with like music. I was like, wow, that was badass. I was like, wow, we look like badasses put together this drum set. But um, yeah, just, I knew he would see it or he would figure it out, but I needed to get him into that that more alpha brainwave state. And he does that and immediately looks at the drum set, sees it right away. Instantaneously. After Twist that breath, yes. after that, no wow. way. Yeah. It's like I heard all the people yelling, it's the lever, it's the lever, whatever <laughs> it was. And I just looked right at it. I was like, huh, does that thing move? And I'd click and I was like, okay, maybe that was it. The things that have to happen, like, yeah, she might have not seen the lever, but knowing that she has to calm you yes, down and, that's and you guys squat down in that moment and yes. it just so happens you turn your head at that squat level and you're like, yes. That's right. That's That's off. That's exactly it. It's it's things like that that happen. Those things were happening for us on the race all All the the time. time. And even in real life, and that it just that that's what sort of builds your faith. We were talking about this with Team Fun, building faith. It's really faith is if you take out of any sort of religious context, it's what you believe in. Yeah. Literally what you believe in. That is your faith. Where are you investing your faith? And so our um, yeah, there's just faith. We have we at this point have so much faith with working with the energy at that level mm-hmm. that I knew if we can just calm it down, <laughs> just take that breath, it's going to happen. That's really cool. And I guess, you know, skip to you guys run to the mat. Exciting moment. Very emotional. You won a million dollars. Like, you're going to Disney. No, but like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys, you know, what were you guys thinking? What do you guys, you know, people want to know what you're going to do uh, with the winnings. 
Let's see. Um, well, we what are we going to do with the wings? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, it was amazing. It was it yeah. was super awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you know we're going to be. We've we've made and lost billions several times now. Um, so we've had, we've, had a few, we've had a few runs at this. So we're not going to blow it all in a month. Yeah, this time around. Um, but yeah, I think you know from a from a charity perspective, one that we we do some work with and donate to already that that we really love is the Maps Organization, which okay. is a multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies. Oh, and they're in uh, phase two clinical trials phase right three. now. Uh, okay, are they have they moved to phase, phase, phase three? Phase three clinical they're, trials. They're on That's a full awesome. fast track by the FDA oh. because they're they're able to assist, essentially eradicate PTSD, uh, no therapy resistive PTSD, with like mind boggling results using MDMA therapy with uh, you know guided therapy sessions, and um, it's it's really cool. So and they're in the, in they're working with um, vets. So yeah, these are people with extreme it, PTSD. It, it's, it's, really, right. it's really sad for those guys. You know, they come back from war and see some crazy stuff. And yeah, so after adjusting after, to real life. like, and, and this is not with any kind of ongoing pharmaceutical use. This is three sessions with a one-time oh, wow. dose. During, Essentially to eradicate. Yeah, yeah, to like go in, relive it, release it, heal oh, the bruise, gosh. right? And so with wow. three treatments, they're able to go in and, and they're seeing, I think it's something like 60 plus percent of the PTSD patients that are going through the protocol have no more PTSD like 30 days after. Right? Wow. Now here's what's wild. Oh here's gosh. what's wild. 12 months later, with no pharmaceuticals whatsoever, it goes from like 62 to 69%. Jeez. So it actually becomes even more of the people that didn't quite yeah. make it in after 30 days, after another 11 months of integration, they're getting more of the people. So they're just eradicating That's PTSD. Amazing. That's because, you know, it, it's really sad when you, you think you can handle it and then you start the medications and then yes. those medications can be for the rest of your life. That's right. Medications That's right. in general aren't good for your body no. and mind and, and you just feel like you're at a loss and you're stuck. He, heal, the, heal the core wound. Yeah, it's yeah. treating, yeah, it's, it's putting a Band-Aid on a core wound, yeah. So the, the MDMA therapy, it's really going in and, and actually getting to the core wounds. So you wow. can heal that, which I think is where medicine for us mm-hmm. is going in yeah. general because we don't want to you know we look at our parents generation and older and it, you get to this place where it's like suddenly you think you're supposed to just start popping pills because that's part yeah. of life everywhere. right yep. Yep. and that's it's right. like no there's so much more to fueling the temple that is your body and being able to heal the temple that is your body and so that's just one of the organizations that we really it's very leading edge yeah um, but we really believe in it because it's mm-hmm. also a therapy that we have tried and um, it's been very successful yep. individually and in our relationship yeah, as well. It's got FDA breakthrough therapy designation. It's on the wow. fast track because their the results are so astounding that it's got all the you know, there's no big money pharma money behind it. Yeah. But they're getting every single fast track that they can get because the results mm-hmm. are so astounding. Well, I just uh, found something that I'll be diving into for an hour in articles. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, that's awesome. Big, big yeah. props and, and thank you uh, for donating to that. that that's really cool. For sure. Um, and I, I guess that unless you guys got anything else. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, we, we appreciate you guys. You guys are really sweet and awesome, and we definitely we made lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah we sure. just want to say thank you so much for having us on, and it really was a blessing to get to run the race <laughs> for with sure. you guys. We feel like that, too. Truly. We feel like, we, we like 
you're our guardian angels on the way. Yeah. <laughs> that positive Zen. Every time I yeah. came up to you guys, it just even if I was in a bed, it would give me a big old smile. Just a Colin, <laughs> your chakra around your neck. Give me a hug, man. You know, Hell like yeah, it, it was just always positive. And you, you kept him on his game. I was like, you know, that Vic. Well, listen, Victor's doing this. So <laughs> if Victor's doing that, so then I I played that background. I was like, well, guess what? Victor was just down eating pancakes. So if Victor's eating pancakes. I get to eat pancakes. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Well, thank love you guys you, so yeah. much. I hope all the listeners enjoyed, and you guys have a good day. Awesome. Thank you. Stay tuned for our live podcast brought to you by Travelocity. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. <laughs> Live podcast today from the Londoner here in Dallas. Uh, thank you guys, like I just said, for showing up. First live podcast ever. Uh, and just a round of applause for you guys for yeah, coming here. Thank you, thank you so, you so much. much. Um, and yeah, so we're still in the race. Obviously, that's why you guys are here. It's a finale party, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> there's do- that. <laughs> <laughs> doing the best we can, right, to survive. And I just want to start first off. It's so loud back there. Yeah, it is loud back there. Is it them or is it the party downstairs? It's everything, okay. but it's fine. Okay. Um, but I want to start with one of the segments that we do a lot, and I think you guys know if you listen, is the Spanish word of the day. Right. Yes. So we're going to let Nicole try to do the Spanish word of the day, and then if she can't get it, you guys might want to help her, all right? Yeah, I always need help, obviously, so <laughs> today will not be any different. So the Spanish word of the day is carrera. Can you say that again, please? Carrera. How would I say it? You would say Carrera. Okay, that helps me a ton, to be honest. Okay, does it have something to do with water or boats? No. Okay, who knows this? Okay, you back there. No way. Race. Dang it. Thank you. Carrera means race, and also it means career. So two for one there. Yeah, yeah, there's that. And I got zero of two. She never really gets any of them, but that, that's not her fault. I think, but honestly, it's the pressure of, like, getting it on the spot. Because when I'm on my app, Duolingo, I get everything right. So, no, seriously. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? The, the three times that she does it out of the year. No. Yeah, she gets it right, so. <laughs> no. No, I get it right all the time. It's, it's the pressure. I'm terrible under pressure. As you'll see in tonight's episode. Yeah, and a lot of times, guys, when we're doing this podcast at the house, uh, we don't look like this, you know. Pajamas. Pajamas, hair's everywhere, breath is uh, a bit smelly. (laughs) And and we can edit all the content afterwards. So doing, you know, this is a little bit different, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, And then I just want to jump straight into (laughs) our Weird or Normal, because I think this is really interesting. And actually, that's you. Yeah, so we do a Weird and Normal segment, and today is kind of, it's, okay, so Victor, do you think it's Weird or Normal to look into your tissue after you sneeze? Who does that? (laughs) Do people do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you got to know the color. 
Because I and then so that's kind, kind of a gross concept when you think about it. I think it, it is weird, it. but in a sense normal because everybody does it. I mean, yeah. it's like and this this is gonna if it's be, like really bad. You like just close the tissue really fast. You're just like, oh my god. So so is it weird or normal to look at the tissue when you wipe your butt? Ew. <laughs> Okay, he went too far. Took it too far. <laughs> Victor! See, I, we would edit this out at home. We cannot do that here. <laughs> I'm just saying, people do weird stuff like that all the time. I mean, like, there's people that pick their toenails and smell it, too. Smell your fingers afterwards. Ew! Yeah, that's okay, weird. Okay, anyways. Went this off, is, went, this went is off a dark off road track. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brett. That's his favorite part. Yeah, we got a lot of excited cast members here. We got uh, the final four teams, obviously, ourselves. Uh, we got Colin and Christy, the Afghanimals, and uh, we also have Tyler and Corey. Yeah, and so, so first we'll bring on. Yeah, we're going to bring our first guest out. What time is and it? I'll actually have to go grab them because I think they're talking uh, they're over there and they can't hear us. Uh, we're going to get the Afghanimals out here. <laughs> yeah, Afghanimals! Right here next to you. Yeah, so Happy birthday, Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it almost is my birthday. <laughs> I didn't even, just to clear that record, I didn't even know it was her birthday. The producers are all like, hey, guys, you know which day it is today? I was like, what? It's Nicole's birthday. I was like, hey, happy birthday, Nicole. And they edited it so perfectly. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> you got to be careful with what you say, you know. Did you feel bad afterwards? Like, no, or did just excite you more? I think it kind of excited me a you little more. Excited. I was like, oh, man, that was how they played it out. I think it just came out perfectly. I was like, all right, yeah, I can see us being the evil team. Because they had this, me like, say, like, hey, Nicole, it's your birthday. Tell yeah. us you want to do good. I'm like, it's my birthday. Exactly. And then, <laughs> then they make you play into it. Like, oh, so to, what is it? What's today so special about? Oh, it's my birthday and this. And they're like, oh, I was like, that's never good. Your birthday on The Amazing Race, good luck. <laughs> well, and actually leaning into that a little bit, you turning us in that moment ended up being such a pivotal decision for you guys just because we caught up. Yeah, right? you guys got lost. So with the U-turn, you know, we, everyone knows Wait, we love... Wait, so I think, like, hold it close. Like, cl- just pick you the freaking thing You gotta make out with the microphone. Come on. They wanna All hear right. us in the back. All right, so can you hear me? Everyone? Clear? Good. So what, we love Nicole and Victor. Like, yeah. they are amazing. But at that moment in time, when you have a U-turn sort of blessed at that situation. We're in the middle, right? We don't know where we're going. Imagine you get a flat tire or your car breaks down or something happens. You always want some insurance. Like everyone has health insurance for a reason. They have car insurance for a reason. A U-turn is like an insurance policy. Yeah. So we knew that two teams were behind us, Nicole and Victor and Floyd and Becca. So the only differentiation between the two was that they had voted for us. Although we didn't get U-turn, you yeah. guys had voted for us. That was the only reason. Mm-hmm. Had, had, had uh, Floyd and Becca voted for us, it would have been exact opposite way. That's it. But, yeah. you know, as I said, it's an insurance policy. It's gameplay. So... Have you ever... Have I'm you sorry, ever, Dana! No, it's a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shed a tear here. You're, so, you're so kind about it all. <laughs> have you guys ever passed up a U-turn board? 
Never. Never. <laughs> and how was it like this season? Because you guys didn't get U-turned this season. I, I mean, it's the first time? For, a successful U-turn. Successful, I mean, yeah. This for, for, for Leo and I to survive a potential of three U-turns throughout a whole season, it was just unheard of. For us to survive three U-turns, only team ever, and then go through a whole season not to be U-turned, I was like, man, these teams really think that we're not that good. I was like, nice. Let's just I stay mean, in the middle. Yeah, there was scenarios. For instance... Had this been an all-amazing race uh, cast, like our first season, they for sure would have done... Um, they would have blocked the U-turn They blocked board. the U-turn. So oh. Colin and Christy if they really should wanted have U-turned, to, they could have U-turned. Tyler and Corey, after they passed, and then they could have U-turned us, and we, we would have gone. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah. they don't play like that. So, so you got to think about that, how Thank to you block the U-turn board. <laughs> uh, you just, they could have done it, but they're like, nope, let's just leave the other teams, and then we're in the middle. We're like, all right. And, and yeah. having said that, that you guys weren't really like... It's not that you guys weren't seen as a threat, but nobody really had a target on your back per se. So do you think you guys were less of a villain this season? Or do you guys consider yourselves kind of a villain because, like, telling people the wrong way or go up or there's nothing out there? Wrong building. Okay. Uh, So, so... Villain, uh, no. <laughs> you, you weren't the villain. This no, not I the think villain. Corinne and Eliza clearly <laughs> got that one. But it, it, you have to be careful with what you say. Yeah. Okay. So in a scenario where, for instance, I bring this up, Brett and Chris were in the water searching for coins yeah. in Croatia. In Croatia, and Tyler and Corey asked them, "How long have you guys been here?" And they said, two hours." The honest truth. If that was us, we'd been like five minutes. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's okay. yeah. That, We would have played with that just because, you know, two hours, you're going to give that team now two hours leeway and l- let them, you know, yeah. the ability to go ahead and switch. And then when Colin and Chrissy asked, you know, Brett and, uh, Brett and Chris, Chris, it was the same exact thing. They're like, oh, we've been here a long time. So it's just little scenarios like that where you have to think yeah. about what are, you're actually eliminating yourself by telling the truth. Yeah, you know, so, like so, they eventually got out in that episode. Yeah, because of what you choose to say, you could choose to say like Chrissy has. You know, I, I don't answer that. Don't do that. You know, yeah. but it's all the editing and how it portrays. You know, like them saying two hours made the other two teams switch. Yeah, and ultimately got them out. Yeah, that's you know? true. So it depends. That's you know, in the context of what's it, going on, lying, right? joking, acting. You know, because you guys, <laughs> you, you actually bought us a meal when we like didn't have uh, any money yeah. the very beginning and everything. That's, and I was like crying. Tr- I was yeah. like, thank you for the food. The, like. The, the they're things, not mean. They're really not. You really <laughs> have to look at those behind-the-scenes videos yeah. that they put on YouTube on the Amazing Race channel. It shows a lot more of the interactions with, with the teams. And Real interactions. One of the things that we did in Laos, every other team went straight to the airport. We took Nicole and Victor. We're like, Let's go exploring. That's what we do best after every leg of the race. Yeah. We went to this beautiful waterfall that you, we, we would never have gotten a chance to go there in our lifetime. So we went there. And they recorded everything. It's on YouTube. It was beautiful. Yeah. We had Tarzan jumping in the water with his <laughs> yeah. long hair. And Nicole was stressed the whole time. I I'll thought we were going to get out and miss the like, She's flight. She's like, are you guys sabotaging us? Did we miss our <laughs> flight? I was like, no. Trust me. We want to be on the same flight. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, if you, you'll see if we're all waiting at the airport and we have nothing else to do, we all love each other. You know? yeah. Yeah. Right now, we love each other. Like, you know, we, we talk to each other constantly. But on the race, if... If, you know, only one team's going to get a ticket, you know, unfortunately, you're going to do what you have to do to get that ticket. And, and I will give you guys the credit. You guys, you guys are very smart. Uh, when you were talking about they bought everybody food, it was because in the particular location that we were, I can't remember, opposed to paying like a $100 taxi, they took, uh, I think it was like a, a bus. A, train, or a bus. $20, $20 uh, bus. Yeah, bus $20 ride. bus. And, and 
for people that don't understand the race, you're only with X amount of money. Mm. So you don't want to spend your money on food in case down the line you miss a taxi or you go the wrong way and exactly. then you won't have enough money to spend. But they mm. had so much excess and they used it to buy food for everybody. So yeah. really you know, nice. at that moment in time, it was our second or third episode. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a risk of going out yet. There's a whole episode still left. And we had this extra cast, so we're going to buy, you know, everyone food. This is their first time, so we're going we're gonna to treat them. That's how we really are. And yeah. you guys hold the record for the most legs, right? Ran in yeah. Amazing Race history. Just think about it. 31 seasons and counting, over 400 contestants, four, uh, I mean, to have the most legs raced. And luckily, we got that record from uh, the Riley, uh, Rachel. So <laughs> that was very short-lived for her. So we're like, oh, no. We're going to go ahead and take this. Where it they, they who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> so most roadblocks, most U-turns survived, most countries visited. I mean, that, I mean, really, not to be cocky or anything, when you think about the amazing race, you got to think about Leon Jamal. I mean, we've been almost 32 33 episodes 33 tonight yeah yeah so that's, that's impressive amazing. yeah uh, that really is and, and okay go ahead yeah no and, and, and just uh piggybacking on that tonight would be where you guys the final four right yeah where where yeah. are you guys in the in the previous other ones where you guys got out of oh, yeah, mistake yeah, so what is... was the pressure like <laughs> like going into this again for the third time was there more pressure or would like what was going through your mind yeah I mean, 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 no, when we found out that we were going to London on the leg 11, which we got eliminated there yeah. on Woo. season 24. Oh, wow. So it was like Flashback deja vu all over again. And, and this season, like I've said, it's been a season of redemption. You know, we got first place on the first leg of the race in Tokyo, which we got eliminated in season 23 there. And then, you know, Becca and Floyd, they got first place in Vietnam. That was the place that they got eliminated. So for us, this episode was a lot of pressure as far as not to choke on the 11th place. We don't want to be known as the greatest fourth place team ever. So (laughs) (laughs) no one remembers that. So it's going to be an exciting episode. Well, fingers crossed we pass that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, how's Pablo? Yeah. Uh, Pablo, uh, should we live live feed Pablo right now? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't no, have a phone. And, and as you guys being such experienced uh, racers, right, in, in your tenure, what is the most important thing that you guys would pack oh, in yeah. your backpack? You know? Mm, good question. Because I made a mistake and packed too much. <laughs> My clock was about the size of a brick. For Leo, it's a shaver. I'll tell you the truth. I mean, uh, it's, good, it's good shoes. Good shoes, but really, when it comes down to it, for, for us, after the first season that we ran, we ditched our big backpacks in Austria. Yeah, if, uh, if you see Chris and Brett's bag, our bag was yeah, twice ours as big. Was literally, no maybe like 12 inches. We, we, left, by we ditched it 10 in inches. Episode. Wow. We ditch our backpack and ever since then we've we've noticed to just bring small backpacks. Every time we went to a different country, if the clothes got dirty or the socks, we just threw them away and just kept on disposing yeah. of clothes as we yeah, went everything along. Everything we wore in Uganda, we threw away. Uh, <laughs> that leg was it. So we had mud everywhere. Yeah, and that mud would not go away. There was it mud where stuck the sun on don't shine. I, I, I kept... Are you sure that was mud? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I still have one of the hoodies from that competition. I uh, use it for the gym, and there's mud stains oh, all over my back. Yeah. Those nice. are just not coming out. And yeah. I still got fish gut smell uh, from when we were in Laos. Yeah, nice. I should just throw those away, honestly. Yeah, you should. <laughs> just sounds I think it's real. time, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just sounds really bad. Um, well, I want to get some questions from you guys uh, for Leo and Jamal. So if anybody has uh, any questions, feel free to raise your hand, and I'll head over to you. Make it good. What's your name, bud? Make it count. My name's Matt, and I was going to ask, what was the most difficult part of the race for y'all? I think one of the... Anything, like, anything in general, like, whether it be a, some type of, you know, roadblock mm-hmm. or something like that. I think the biggest thing is just traveling from different country to country, you know. What you don't see is that off TV, in order to go from L.A. to Japan, that's a 10, 11-hour flight. You know, and that there could be draining on your body. Your mind doesn't stop racing because mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to stay awake and seeing what other teams are doing, you know, who they're asking information for. And then you go to that person, like, what did this person ask you? And then give me that same info. So you're playing games in your head, but really you should try to stay relaxed and calm, which is hard to do because it's like, all right, competition for a million dollars. Any little piece of advice could make or break you on that next leg of the race. Yeah. And you, and you say, and you, and you, we could, before the race, we could talk about that, you know, keep your cool. But once you're on the show, like, it's like you have blindfolds on. You completely forget. It's easy watching it. We'll say it, oh, damn it, like, we missed those flags. But, like, in that moment, in that time, it's a whole different world. It's like something you never ex- experienced before. So have you seen that movie, difficult. Get Out? Yes. <laughs> well, let's just say, if, if you're messing up, it's just like you're never going to catch back up. You just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like... On TV, it looks very simple, very easy, yeah. but you're just like, what the heck? Let yeah. me just snap out of it, and you can't. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? All right. What's your name? And go ahead with your question. Um, my name's Cam. Uh, so my question is, since you guys have been on so many different seasons and different legs, what would you say is your all-time least favorite leg and most favorite leg you've been on? Uh, least favorite would be China. No, in season 24, there was a couple episodes we did there right off the bat. I got out, started running. Next thing you know, I'm, we- I'm wheezing and coughing, and I don't have asthma. I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> that pollution in China is real. Mm. They don't play around. Uh, we didn't even go to Beijing, so yeah. that was my least favorite. I think uh, both of ours, maybe uh, one of our favorite is definitely um, Switzerland, this last one. It was so epic from all, like... Train ride, airplane ride, helicopter, self-driving, funiculars. Like, we did everything in one episode. It was, like, one of the best days of my life, like, hands down. Yeah. yeah. One, Croatia one of, was one beautiful. One of the worst days of my life. What? <laughs> that, that Switzerland one, one yeah, of the right? worst days. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Any other questions? Last one. All right, here we go. My name is Laura Lee, and how long from beginning to end, what's the time reference of how many days or how many weeks did it take for the race? It's... it's so the race takes about, I think, around four weeks, no, uh, a little less, 20, 22 days. It's, it's the actual race is about 21 to 22 days, but the total time that you're away from your family is about 30 days. Because before yeah. we leave for the race, we're doing, like, interviews, publicity, photo check, background checks, you know, hotel, doing interviews. Psychiatric tests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> psychiatric. <laughs> like, man. A lot of, lot of tests. <laughs> and then between uh, each episode, like, you'll have a maybe 12-hour to 36-hour uh, resting period. But it's not even 36 hours or 24 hours because the first three, four hours, you're showering and doing more interviews. And you have to get out three, four hours. So it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Very tough. Takes a toll. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Leon Jamal, yes, Afghan thank, thank, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. We love Nicole and Victor. Thank you, Nicole, Victor. Nicole for president 2020. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, so I'll go grab our next two, which will be Colin and Christy. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm sweating, man. And how about from Mr. Rico Suave, huh? Look at this dance move. Hey, um, is this microphone on? Hello. Round of applause for Colin and Christy. All right. Team Zen. And, and and speaking of which, uh, before we get started, I would like, uh, if you would, if you'd be ever so kind, Christy, to just lead us through a nice, quick, guided meditation like we did on the train in Switzerland. Well, to be fair, that was Colin leading us. Oh, that's but true. That's hold true. The hands Here we go. And, and feel the love of the universe. That's right. Everybody, close um, your eyes. Actually, we'll just do, um, really just, if you want to, you can just close your eyes and just take a really deep belly breath. Just let it out very slow. Do it one more time. Let it out. Victor's really into this. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Big time. And doesn't I it feel, feel it. better? Really, it's all, it, it really doesn't have to be anything unique or special. It just comes back to the breath. I, and I am really, uh, I'm always in shock and awe with you guys on how you guys remain so calm, level-headed, and, and not angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when you guys got U-turned, you know, it, it was such a peaceful situation uh, that, that you guys created after that. How do you guys maintain that? You can start. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think it's just having perspective. And, you know, if you, if you can broaden your perspective from in the moment, you know, and, and feeling victimized or, like, you know, how it's affecting you in that moment to broadening out and just kind of seeing the whole picture and realizing, hey, we're all in a game. Everyone's going to play the game in their own way. There's no right or wrong, you know, and, and U-turns are part of the game. And, yeah. you know, one way to look at it is that if we had several teams vote for us to get U-turned, then that means that they saw us as a strong team. So yeah. let's go be a strong team and stay in it. Also, um, just to not take it personal, so we were playing the, you know, there's the three-dimensional game, which is at the physical level, and there's more, if you will, kind of a higher-level fifth-dimensional game that's on an energetic level. And so when you are holding on to resentment, right, that's, that's part of the energy that you're giving off. So really thinking of it as like the winner of the leg, the winner of the amazing race, they're, they're vibrating at joy. They're vibrating at love. They're vibrating at um, ecstasy, right? If you were to yeah. win a million dollars. So we want to be at that level. And so hanging on to any kind of resentment for someone you turning us, it really serves us to just do what we can to forgive them as quickly as possible and move on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and bringing that up now, because it, it, that doesn't happen overnight. You guys got to that point. And, and, and 
directly thinking is like 15 years ago when you guys were on the first time. You had a little bit of a temper, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Marshall remembers. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that column was much better for TV. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, how, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out during this season and say, wow, what an incredible transformation, 180 degree difference. And I think about it, it's like, you know, it looks like that on TV, but really it's like a polishing, you know, it's, it's yeah. really like a, a 20% shift. You know what I mean? It's like, we all have those parts in us that, you know, allow us to get triggered for different reasons, by, by different things. For me, it was like my ego wanting to be right all the time and feel justified. Ox not working. Yeah, that's right. Or my ox being broken. Yeah, I mean. And, but then you realize, like, if you just practice not allowing that to affect you and get you into that kind of tunnel vision as easily. Yeah. That was really the only difference this time around is just being able to kind of maintain that perspective and, you know, maintain a, a feeling of knowing that it was in our best competitive interest to be vibrating at a higher frequency of yeah. love than a lower frequency of victim and hate and, and you know, anger. And, and like that behooved us in the race. Yeah. And so if I let myself get that tunnel vision and start feeling like, you know, oh, I'm so justified to feel angry right now, that is only going to make us race slower. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember Chip and Kim at one point, I guess, um, in one of their interviews saying, you know, Colin and Christy will end up beating Colin and Christy. You know, like, they'll be the takedown. And ultimately, I do believe that is what happened. And so realizing that it was, okay, um, yeah, it's it's building that resilience because just in everyday life, things happen, right? Traffic, kids, job. And how do you maintain alignment in the midst of that, right? The, yeah. the Amazing Race is sort of a micro cosm of that microcosm and it really heightens it yeah. all so for us it was a beautiful challenge to say hey you know we have a pretty good life and we're usually able to maintain alignment in in this life that we've built but can we go back into that vortex <laughs> 15 years ago and I, I have to tell you standing on the starting line looking at everyone on that pier and they're about to say three, two, one, go, and I'm just like, what? There's no turning back. Oh my god! What, <laughs> what have did we, we done? do? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I felt like that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, the competition here is stiff. Like everyone was so good. I'm like, they're yes. gonna be out right away. I mean, we we looked around, and and I remember in our first season, you know, some of us had like all the gear and the right yeah. athletic. This time I looked around, every single team had these tiny little backpacks, <laughs> hardcore clothes, and, and all, all, we'd all done the same research, evidently. Yeah. We, like, six of us had the same backpack. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, these people came to play. And then, like, people had the, we had shoelaces. I was like, we're so behind because there's, like, the, what, did you guys have the not shoelaces? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone had, like, Kevlar this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. we have shoelaces. We're, we, we shouldn't be tying our shoes. We, should, we got the wrong shoes. So, like, you think about that stuff and already like going against race teams I'm you know you just kind of feel like they know what's going on and well, you then guys right figured away, it out real yeah, quick. Yeah, you guys figured it out. And then right away, quick. though, I feel like we kind of bonded, and you helped us in that first leg, and I was just like, let's do what they do, you know. Oh, and, that's super yeah. sweet. Well, it was our honor, too, and you guys were a, really a joy to race with. Yeah, in many and, ways, you guys reminded us of our first time on the race, yeah. so it was kind Other of fun. Other than with my temper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. you, you were the guy I was supposed to be the first time around. <laughs> 
and, and speaking speaking of that time frame, uh, that aside, 15 years in the difference that you guys race, how has the game changed? Well, it's a completely different race. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. It, it used to be really about the travel and who could get there first to the city. Yeah. That was really probably 60 or 70% of what determined the outcome of that leg. And, you know, back then, if you finished a leg in first, you were pretty much guaranteed a safe passage through at least the next leg. Okay. And because you were going to get on the first flight or you were going to, you know, so you could really keep that momentum. And so this time around, the fact that pretty much all of us were on the same flight, pretty much every single leg, and then they would, you know, and I get it. They don't want us to look like crazy people trying to cut in line through customs and all that. So they would get us all through customs. And when they would line everyone up, and, and count down from 10, and we're all going to oh come busting out of the airport. I mean, you want to talk about stress? Oh it's like God. the Hunger Games. Every single time, I'm looking left and right, like, one less team here this time. Here we go. Yeah. Man, it was hardcore. You're, hey, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think that was, like you said, the most high-strung I've ever been in my life. And then we have where we're supposed to go. We're trying to pull people from the airport. Yes. Or where are the taxis around here? Yeah, the, 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 the legs were so much more compressed. All the teams were together. You know, back in our our race, you might, our see, you might see somebody at the same challenge as you at the same time. But that was kind of rare. Now it's like we were all at the challenges together, yeah. like shoulder to shoulder. I mean, Dubai, I think the difference between first place and last place was 12 or 13 minutes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it was and, quick. And, and that's why I think you, it's so rare to see, like, a team dominate because it's like every leg you're all starting off together and every leg every team is very competitive and also i don't remember running for a mile to two no. miles no. straight oh sprints yeah, ever in season five that's right in <laughs> fact this time around we our backpacks at least doubled in size. Your backpack. Our yeah, my Mine backpack. was smaller. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, we were like, you know, it didn't really matter having tiny backpacks when we did the race. So bring whatever you want, Chrissy. I'll just throw it in my bag. No big deal. And then we end up in these mile and a half long runs oh. in Switzerland. I'm like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have packed so heavy. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a lot of, uh, babe, give me your backpack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Us had- in, in Vietnam, oh. <laughs> you're carrying Nick's bag. I'm carrying Chrissy's bag. I'm like, And, and then Chris is carrying Chris- Chris- this is carrying Brent's bag. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they didn't show that, but I thought I this is going to be su- such great TV. Yeah, that would have been gold. Like, yes. Giving me your backpack, it was so fun. I-, I do have to give you props, though, in that leg in Switzerland when we did all race uh, for the two miles. So there was what everyone called Lao gut. Most of it, the crew got it when no. we were in Lao. You know, there was yeah. sometimes you're traveling. You it pick was up. pretty hardcore. Yeah. Colin, who's carrying That's my backpack right. racing for two miles, has Lao gut in the midst of yeah, that. Yeah, that whole train ride and that whole like 24 hours leading up to that and about 24 hours after that was pretty extreme <laughs> in in all regards and but we didn't want to like show weakness you so i had to like pretend like i wasn't sick yeah, and i, I was know. like yeah, every five minutes U-turn. i'm running off to the bathroom it was it was rough and then oh. we get there and do that run it was probably good to sweat it out but man when i was standing there waiting for you guys to all do the canyon swing i was 
struggling pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, I wish I wish they showed how hard that run was because yep. you know just everybody bolting off the train and I mean I was just following who I was first hoping they're going the right way. You know what I mean? Because yep. if we're going the wrong way, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would have done. Well, and I think it, it was also a testament to how competitive this season was because at the airport getting ready to go there. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. We're going to go find a place that sells computers. We're going to get online. Yeah. I'm going to go to Google Maps, and I'm going to, like, do Street View, and I'm going to see exactly, like, commit it to memory, right? We get in the computer store. There's four other teams doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, everyone has figured this. Like, everyone is memorizing what the route looks like on Street View. I'm like, these people came to play. This yeah. is serious. <laughs> we would always compare notes with you guys, too. Yes. Like, right, is this yes. what you got, too? Is that the That's city? Right. And is that the road? Are you yes. sure? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I was going to ask you guys. So, again, I'm just, I like comparing your first season uh, to this season. And after you guys finished that season, did you guys continue watching the show or did you expecting to come back or did you just kind of leave it in the past and like wow that was you know that was a great experience but it is where it is so watching the season was very difficult because while we were on the season i could tell by the questions you know you you run the leg and then they interview you and i could tell by the events might be a three-day leg where we're 12 hours ahead of second-place team in Egypt, and most of the questions were about a 10-minute argument we had had two days prior. And so I looked at Colin, and I said, look, you know you're the villain, right? He's like, me? I'm like, no way. For sure not. What do you you mean? I go, oh, yeah, you are, and, you know, be aware of that, and, you know, get your, your, uh, your temper in check. But you know, you made for great TV because, you know, the one thing is you just let it all out there and, and still do the same thing. But watching it back was was even harder. So we, we watched it, and then we did not watch Amazing Race for 15 years. Wow. So we watched Amazing Race for the first time our season a year ago, just over a year ago, with our boys who are... Achilles, who's 12, Cruz, who's 7, and we thought, okay, now it's time. We're ready. Let's watch it. It's a great family show, and it just brought us back into the vortex of Amazing Race, and now my ox is broken scene was funny. You know, yeah. that's how we could yeah. really tell, oh, wow, we're really different people. Like, who, who are those people? And we were in Jackson Hole um, snowboarding, spring break with our boys. We're on the mountain. And I look at Colin. I said, you know what? We should go do that again. That was really fun. And we texted a casting director. And lo and behold, we had no idea. Three weeks later, they emailed us. And they were already putting together this all-star cast. And they said, if you're interested in coming, we'll have you. And we leave in June. So. Talk about the universe coming together, yeah. right? Yeah, it was, it's, it was, we were like, wow, we didn't know that was going to happen that fast. <laughs> That's crazy. And, yeah. and, and the boys were already set to hang with grandma and go to sleepaway camp all of June. So we didn't even have to worry about childcare during that time. It was just sort of like, here you go. Wow. Like, we're going. Let's do this. <laughs> and, and I guess, uh, so... Having said what you said, do you think uh, your first season was harder so far than this season in terms of how it was set up? Or is it because we are bunched up together and everything is so close, this becomes a little bit more difficult? It's, it's different. You know, season five, the, the airport was very, the airport strategy was very stressful. And this season, 
I don't know if it was for production, but the rest periods were longer. In season five, oh. it was very strict. Rest periods were either 12 hours or 24 hours. And often you were sleeping on the ground in an airport or in a tent in the desert. You were not in a night this time around we were in a nice hotel yeah yep. we were eating good food in, do- in those rest periods i came home i remember my sister she's like well you didn't lose any weight you know last time we came back we were gone uh, you know super skinny yeah. you could tell yeah. we hadn't eaten the that legs, much the legs were three days four days long oh, last wow. time we, we traveled over seventy five thousand miles more than three times the miles we traveled on this leg on this race oh my so from a from a endurance standpoint the first time around was more grueling to your system because we were just you know like she said the vast majority of the rest stops were 12 hours and that included your interview time waiting for your interviews so you might get eight hours in your hotel room and so but the the leg and the stress was higher this time because it was so much more compressed because we were against all these incredibly competitive teams side by side every leg yes i mean we were the third oldest team on the race so that was also just looking around going this is a bunch of uh 20 year olds here um that we're racing you guys did not race like the third oldest team i'll tell you what i was intimidated to the max and Colin looks better than me right now. Yeah, I think Not one of the first questions we got was, so how does it feel that Colin and Christy are way more in shape than you guys? I'm like, well, who asked that? Very, yeah, no, the producer. Oh like, it was like gosh. a question, like, yeah, I know I'm out of shape. Like, Ronnie, I didn't, I had like four days to prep. And yeah, like, you guys found out right before the show, yeah, right? And it yeah, it was just, I mean, it was obviously bad, but I was like, is it that bad? Like, you're asking me this already day one? I'm like, oh my God. No, that's those head games that producers <laughs> yeah. like to play. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I will, uh, is anybody has any questions? I will, oh, okay. Go ahead. So, Colin, I have a question for you. Do you guys- this is Marshall from our first season, by the way, Pizza Brothers. They were awesome. Do you guys think that if you didn't have the temper that you had in season one, that you would have been asked back again? You were amazing for yeah. TV, right? Yeah, I think so um, you were unlikely. Great. Unlikely. Yeah, I think I, I think it all worked out exactly as it was supposed to. You know, it, and yeah, we, I wouldn't. We wouldn't have had the self growth and self realization, any of that. You know, and or or had they not shown it that way. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, probably not. I feel like I'm on a talk show walking to the crowd. <laughs> Here he goes. Hey, it's Jason. Um, what's your secret for how y'all both approached the U-turns or the roadblocks? I mean, it's very clear y'all just killed those. And I don't know if there's a, a secret as to how you approached it or whether it's mental, physical, or whatever. It was very quick for y'all to get in and out. I mean, it's fans. It's something I noticed. So um, I, I, what we were wanting to do, and this is what a practice of meditation can allow you to do, you're, you're, you're training your brain to go from beta, which is where most of us are in our high activity, into an alpha brainwave. And a lot of people call that flow state. So this is what extreme athletes, they get into this kind of state where it's sort of a non-thinking, okay? And it's more timeless and spaceless. So things sort of slow down for you and you are able to get through and 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 really the u-turn was a blessing because we had kind we 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 thought we were under the radar <laughs> yeah. 
so we were not necessarily trying to get first when we realized at the U-turn vote that, oh, okay, uh, here we are. That's what kicked us into high gear, and we really activated that flow state and then started maintaining that for the rest of the race. And we actually did the cow detour twice, so we did three detours that leg. Yeah, they yeah. don't, they don't cow show... disappeared. Yeah, the yeah. cow ran off into the woods. Yes. Which is why we were doing it with them after they had done the speed bump. And yeah. I think we took your cow. <laughs> oh. oh, no. When that happened, Well, that Colin, cow was broken. So. Yeah, that cow was broken. Because when that cow ran off into the woods, Colin looked at me and said, do we go get the cow? I'm like, no, we make a new headdress. Start all over. The, the funny thing is, Nicole wanted to walk the cow. And I said, oh, you know, whatever. You can walk the cow. Cow does the same thing, walks into the forest. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Grabbed it and just walked her back. You're coming yeah. with me, bub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, and I got one more question. I'll get right back here. Get you guys on the next people. My name is Max. Christy, you said Colin was the villain of season five. Who was the villain this season? Ooh, I hope there's no drama. (laughs) (laughs) On the spot. You know, I think that the way the story unfolded, the villain, I think you have Eliza and Corinne sort of start as like a villain. And then that sort of shifts when they're gone into Rachel and Alyssa. And then as they leave, it's the Afghanimals. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nicole! <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the, I think, you know, there's no real villain this time around because everyone, even when they're being quote-unquote the villain, they're laughing, they're having fun. It's like very much like just part of the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we will take one more question. Okay, first, I just want to say I'm a big fan of y'all and I have been since season five. Oh, cool, And y'all Thanks. are... The Amazing Race, and reality TV legends. And, okay, so my question, me and my friend call each other Myrna and Shmyrna. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm wondering, Marshall's a part of this question, too, because y'all both called him that. So I want to know, I've always wanted to know, who came up with that? Marshall and Lance. Myrna Marshall, and right Shmyrna. here. Yeah. He came up with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. I just yes. always wanted to know that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. were actually the villains of our season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I think I was careful not to say Myrna and Shmyrna because, again, I kind of already knew there was sort of this Colin Myrna camp. But yes, the Myrna Shmyrna came from from the Pizza Brothers. Well, thank you guys so thank so much. You. If thank you guys you don't so know, much. if it wasn't for them, this event and Travelocity, yeah. obviously, but if it wasn't for them, this event wouldn't have been put together. So, yeah. big round of applause. If it wasn't for all up. of you guys, yeah. that's right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so I'll get the next people out here. Last but not least, and just so you know, people were brought out here in no specific order, so that's not telling who's going to win. <laughs> all right, so don't don't yeah, think. Right. Uh, <laughs> All right, give it up for Tyler and Corey. Right in the middle. There you go. Be Hello. Oh, my gosh. Hello. <gasps> what up? Hi, everyone. What's up, what's up? So welcome uh, to Coco Caliente, my fellow Michiganders. Yeah. Yes. Ow, ow. Guess I'm a transplant, but I guess now yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm from Michigan. Welcome. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I guess, I guess I'll start backwards, right? So this, this episode that we have today, right, we are finishing in Michigan, right? That's where the finish line is. How does it feel for you guys, right, going to Michigan and, like, thinking that Maybe that's where the show's going to gonna end, but there's this thing called the hometown curse, or is there fire in your belly that, oh, I'm going to get this, no problem? Uh, is this no spoilers? No spoilers. <laughs> Got it. Good to ask. <laughs> uh, Corey, go take it away. Uh... Yeah, the, I mean, being a fan of the show, I knew that they had never went to Detroit as, like, a final leg um, situation. So as you get closer to the end of the race, you're always kind of thinking, I mean, at least for us, like, what city are we going to go to? Um, having finished in L.A. the first time we raced and being a fan of the show, I knew they had already done San Francisco, where I live, on season 30. So we were kind of hoping, like, do we think they will ever go to Michigan? Like, is that even a possibility? <laughs> yeah. Like, you never really know. Uh, it was very bizarre, though, uh, thinking, okay, if it's Michigan, our families are close to that. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a world where <laughs> we could bump into someone at right. the mall. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, being from Michigan, it's like we'd been to Detroit. It's not where we're from, per se. Yeah. But it's like, I, I sure know that Detroit airport in and out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an advantage. I don't know. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, just thinking that it's Michigan, just, I don't know, it just feels like it's nerve-wracking, right? Um, but also for me, I would say, like, yeah, we go to the airport a lot, but I, I couldn't tell you a lot of the things uh, yeah. in Detroit. <laughs> um, but when I was in high school, we did our own Amazing Race as like a group of friends and so we did like Amazing Race Okemos Michigan and I knew that back to front so if it were <laughs> going to be Podunk Okemos Michigan as the finale I could really turn that out but it was not that so are you as much of a super fan super fan super fan of Amazing Race as uh, Corey well yeah I mean it was a thing I feel like so many people grew up with it was a, a staple for me between Survivor and Big Brother Big Brother was always my number one though so when when I... I mean, that's really what Corey and I bonded over when we first met. We went to a Big Brother casting call together back in college. And oh, wow. So, like, oh, we... Cool. That was what we would watch all the time in the dorms. And Julie Chen is our everything. And <laughs> so... When we started at the starting line, I we were legitimately starstruck by everyone. Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. some people were like, oh, cool, other racers. We were like, oh, my God, we're yeah. in the presence of greatness. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, rem I mean, I remember Phil saying they didn't show it at the starting line, but he called me out and was like, Corey, I hear you and Tyler are like the only ones who know every other contestant here and I'm like well, don't expose me but yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah I have seen all of these people yeah, on Big cool. Brother yeah. I've seen them on Survivor I've seen them race before it was like a dream come true for me and I guess just floating the idea out there on a side note would you guys ever do Big Brother I would I would yeah I would for sure do Big Brother or Survivor I've been a fan of all three of the shows my whole life I'm putting it out there I would love to watch Corey on Survivor <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't need to Corey on Big Brother because I've already seen like the twenty four seven live feeds of Corey. <laughs> we, wow. we have lived together. It's not. I don't want more of that. So I would love to see him on an island suffering, <laughs> and me come and be the the like family member that like 
And he's like, I wanted somebody else. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and talking back at the starting line, uh, Phil mentioned your muscles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something? So did you did you train like hardcore, like coming into the race? Because I know you're a big time runner, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I don't I don't know. Your even biceps now are bigger than mine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, I did not train. <laughs> um, after the first time we did the race, I feel like. The first time we went into the race, we really were, like, training for that. And I think when we got home, we just never stopped being active. I think we just maintained that and kept it up, never thinking, oh, well, maybe someday we'll come back on the race and be more prepared. Like, no, it was just I had happened to never stop that. The race, the first time, really just put me on a trajectory of, like, actually caring more about being more fit and more active. And luckily it stayed for the second time. (laughs) Yeah, I and, wish it would have stayed with us. <laughs> I've gained six pounds since then. And I'm just like, oh my god. Well, the second time I went on the race, I yeah, I gained weight. The first really? time I went on the race, I lost weight yeah. because you eat a lot of like, yeah. you eat what you can get. Yeah, you, you, you're true. not you're not trying to be healthy. So like after a long day of whatever, Pasta. you're like, yeah, you know what? I do deserve a cheeseburger. Uh, yeah. But that's like every day. Yeah, you don't deserve it every day. And, and you guys have had really good snacks. You yeah. guys always well, we had, I mean, that we was would, like, be like beef jerky. Yeah. You had it. He and like these it. little gummy, gummy bears. I'm like, oh, I yeah. wonder the if they like me enough to give were, me were, Yeah. I mean, that's Protein why we, bars. that's why we didn't get any votes in the U-turn vote because we've been like giving snacks to everybody all along. <laughs> oh wait, why did like, you, why you did you guys vote this. for us? Oh, uh, this is the, because yeah. we hate you. I think it was definitely a good strategy. It was that was hard, and once we found out, it was like an out loud vote. Yeah. Like. I was ready to vote. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to send people home. Uh, But when they said it was out loud, you saw my reaction in the episode. It was like, I don't want to expose kind of where our alliances fell. We had been working so much with Colin and Christy. The whole show, they didn't really show it a whole lot this season. Um, We voted for you because we knew you were a threat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We had been worried about Colin and Christy, you guys, and Team Fun for a very long time. Uh, We had a lot of discussions with the Afghanimals about the co-ed teams is what we kind of referred to you all as. Um, And just knowing how strong you were. I mean, you guys had so many second places in a row. Um, You really, as far as the Survivor and Big Brother teams, kind of excelled the most. And obviously that's true because you're still here going into the final four. Yeah. Uh, so we just really recognized how much of a threat you were. And it killed me because we spent so much time at airports playing euchre yeah. and like doing <laughs> we Michigan We never even things. held a grudge against you guys. Though. Yeah. We like forgave you in two seconds. I know. But when Leo and Jamal, you turned us victors like they're dead to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we, it was, it was in for us. Also, it was uh, thinking that you already had a speed bump too. And so it just yeah. like logically good, yeah. when yeah. we were thinking about it, it was like, Okay, well, if somebody has to be punished by us, like, it makes sense logically. Yeah. That's how I thought about it. Yeah. We were begging Chris and Brett to vote for you guys instead, uh, instead oh, of the Riley. The truth it, comes it, out. It, I know. It's, I'm going to tell all my secrets now, but I was like, <laughs> Brett, Nicole, and Victor. Thank God they did it all happened so fast that yeah. watching it back, I was like, oh, I don't remember any of this. Because yeah. it was, like, the quickest, and you had to make a decision. You couldn't even talk about it. It was like... 
I was like, oh, they voted for them? Oh, nobody yeah. voted for us? <laughs> yeah, I thought, and I honestly thought we all got to vote twice. I did, oh, I first, no, I 1,000% right? thought that exact same thing. The way he explained it made it sound like we were all going to go around and vote twice. Well, Nicole if there wanted wasn't, to kill if there me. wasn't two clear winners, then we would. So that's why Victor's like, well, let's vote for the Afghanimals first, then we'll vote for the Riley sisters yeah. second. I was like, we I only thought get the same thing. I thought the same thing. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Corey was in charge. I was eating beef jerky. <laughs> and so you guys didn't want to vote for the Afghanimals because you they were like the guy guy team and you guys were uh, kind of like... They weren't correct, I mean, at that, that, w- that would have been a good time to... At the point, I know. I mean, watching it back, I would have <laughs> rather it been the Afghanimals versus the Rileys, but w- we thought the Afghanimals were a weak team at that yeah. point, too. <laughs> I mean, sure, they were They're won. downstairs. It's yeah. okay. It they, wasn't, yeah, it was not in our agenda to no. vote for a weak... I mean, f- uh, for a weak team, because yeah. it's like, it doesn't, it's a waste, yeah. and it's, I don't know. Yeah. And at their track record at the time was They won the first was. two legs, but then they had been a roller coaster... Yeah. And, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> ever yeah. since. So we were happy to work with them. Anytime they wanted to give us advice, I'm like, yeah, come with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we only say weak based on statistics, not on heart. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I mean, and at that point, it was, yeah, halfway through the show, everyone there was a strong team. Yeah, no, yeah, and no, that, sure. that goes beyond saying, I mean, that if, the, ge- the game is intense, far more intense yeah. than Big Brother, I think by far and very stressful and so do you guys comparing your 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 previous season to this one do you think this was like more physical and or more difficult and even you being a runner i mean having to do the runs that we did and sprints and all that stuff i was dry heaving all the time yeah like how do you guys compare that it, I, I feel like every day i was reaching my limit of the second time we did the race i i every leg felt harder than the last to the point where at the end we would get back to the room and I'm like don't talk to me don't look at me I don't want to move if the room service comes don't even wake me I'm like exhausted yeah I mean it was uh, we said it the whole race through how much harder it was the second time and I know a lot of the Big Brother and Survivor teams kind of said the race teams had an advantage coming back but I think it was just a testament to how strong the Survivor and Big Brother teams were because we every day we got back to the hotel room we were kind of like can we do this can we make it to the final three again like were we just good the first time and yeah we were every day was it was just harder and harder like tyler was saying especially the croatia leg into the amsterdam leg into the london leg which you'll see tonight all three of those legs seemed harder than any leg that we had done the first time we raced and emotionally i think we were really like flying high the first time we were having so much fun things were going our way we were like this is great we're having a great time the second time we were like well we suck <laughs> and they were like sure this is a great experience but like we're terrible at everything is yeah. what it felt like just because everyone was so good at everything if you messed up like the tiniest little thing you could be out yeah whereas because no teams were messing up anything yeah. So, yeah, the second time, way harder. Yeah, and then, a doubt. and then you guys went Super Saiyan Beast mode and yeah. got four first places. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. What the heck is going on Don't here? mind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, the, we said that a lot. The first half of the race really kind of took some time for us to find our footing again. And then after the Uganda leg, we just kind of hit a stride. And we we're like, okay, we can do this again. <laughs> and, uh, Corey, you're... You're by far the king of puns. <laughs> no. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Let the record show. No. <laughs> but he'll, he'll steal people's jokes. He'll repeat them after them, wow. but into the camera clearer. Yeah. So, like, they're like, oh, that's a better one. We should just use that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's funny, I guess. 
And and on a separate note, um, now people obviously you guys weren't there to see, but literally every country you went to, you had a fan from your YouTube channel. Yeah. It was it was insane. We'd be somewhere in Uganda or or, or <laughs> Japan or anywhere, and they'd be like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry, look, you want to get, get a picture? But just honestly, how does it feel having that reach? You know, having having that you know. On people, it is the world. bizarre. I mean, it's something I never dreamed of having. It's like it was such an accidental career, and now it's like a thing. And I didn't really get a grasp of it until I really went on the race the first time. And we were in random places doing random things. And then the second time, when we would be in countries, they'd be like, "Why are you here again? Or why are you here? Why do you have that fanny pack? Are you on the race again?" And I'm like, "I know nothing. You know nothing. You'll see soon." Yeah, it was. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, and I mean to do it with Corey, who I've like done YouTube with for ten years now. It was like it was getting to be able to see all of those people with somebody that gets it too, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, and no, and and I and I really admire you guys because you guys, in the face of adversity, aka Dubai or Uganda, you guys really shine through and having that platform and showing people, you know, everything. I think that's awesome. I think I yeah, really think sure. that's really cool, you guys. So yeah. And thanks for all the help. So you, you guys helped us a lot on the yeah. race. Like, they don't show it, but they're like, t- last episode, they're like, turn around, you got U-turn. Like, <laughs> uh. get your butt back there. We're like, oh, my gosh. We, we totally skipped the U-turn board and didn't even see it, and Corey, like, saved our butts. Yeah. Well, Michigan people. Yeah. yeah. You know. They're nice. <laughs> yeah, we literally, we, we were riding the bikes. We were so excited because them. They looked we, so we happy. We, we thought we caught up. We're like, we caught up to them. I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> I'm like, the U-turn board's back there and your picture's for sure on it. But it wasn't us. Yeah, that that, that was a tough pill to swallow, turning yeah. back around. But I Happy mean. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. That's a quote. <laughs> so, so going into this... Uh, finale last leg of the race what team are you guys most intimidated by i mean it's honestly kind of what i was saying earlier like all four of these teams going into it are so strong um every single one of the teams left has beaten us at a time and we've beaten them at a time so uh i think the first time we raced we kind of thought more about the end and who we wanted to go against and this time we kind of thought listen, anybody can win on that last day. We just have to make it to the final three and hope that we have a good day on the last day if we make it there. Uh, we were literally, like, threatened by all three of you. I mean, yeah. I know I was just, like, talking trash about the Afghanimals, but, like, <laughs> yeah, they, they beat us many times, and they are such a strong team, too, where we were like, we just got to make it to the final three. That was a big goal of ours coming back was being able to prove that we could do it again um, at like one team had only ever made it to the final three uh, twice, which was Brendan and Rachel. And yeah, we knew it was a huge feat and that was just a goal of ours from the beginning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, and uh, we'll finish up with uh, some questions here. Yep. Okay. State your name and go ahead with your question. Hi, I'm Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. <laughs> um, I... On two episodes ago, whenever you two teamed up on the memory, mm-hmm. did it cross either of your minds to not to be to tell it incorrectly, or was it never uh, even? A, I uh, think she. I think he should have. Like <laughs> <laughs> you could have. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. Like I, I don't think it crossed my mind. I mean. It was so tough. It was a situation where we knew we were in first and second, and I saw a lot of people comment like, "Why would you want to work with them?" And 
I knew we could outrun them to the mat at yeah. the end. And, and I knew, like, I was hoping it was, like, go to the finish line. And, yeah, I wanted us both to advance. I wanted us both yeah. to get out of there before another team showed up. And, yeah, a lot of people were like, why did you switch your answer? Nicole had it wrong. And I'm like, I wanted us to progress together. Um, I was more worried about her maybe lying about one of the slots but it never it, once it crossed didn't my, cross mind. my mind either and i think like for it's weird for me but for running the race i never wanted first like yeah i wanted it but i didn't i wasn't gonna like burn bridges for a first place because what is that gonna do for you i just wanted first in the last leg and that's what my site was on it wasn't like i was so happy with second places i mean i messed vic up when he was doing those drums they didn't show this but like, he had it right, and I was like, no, switch it. So we really got kind of got first, and then it got stolen. And I was, like, cool with it because I was like, hey, we're not a threat, you know? <laughs> like, so it, I guess I never – when I'm at the top of the pack, I'm fine with it. Even if it's first, second, third, I don't need, like, that first for validation. But, I mean, it would have been cool to win a trip. <laughs> uh, yep. All right, second question. Name and question. Hi, guys. My name is Megan. Hey, Megan. Hi, Megan. Um, so since you are fans of Big Brother and Survivor, I'm wondering outside of the Amazing Race cast, because they had some of the best of both worlds there, all three of the worlds, who are both of your favorite players off of Survivor and off of Big Brother? That were like on this cast Corey, or just in general? Corey's going to be so much better off at of this the than cast. Me. Off of this cast. Oh, I mean, yeah. I will grab you outside and tell you a hundred names. Uh I've literally watched every season. As far as Survivor goes, I've always loved Sari. I think she's a great character. I've loved watching her play. Parvati's great. Uh, Sandra's great. Big Brother. Ty. Ty's great. Big Brother is crazy because so many of the people that I loved were actually cast. Yeah, me too. I loved Nicole and Victor. Brittany and Janelle were two of my absolute favorites ever. I think we were both starstruck with all the Big Brother cast. When we walked in that first day and you see everyone, we were like, oh, my God. Yeah. This Big Brother cast. And even Rachel. Like, this cast is insane with the, like, Big Brother great players that they were able to get. Yeah. I love Danielle Donato. Yeah. I love... I mean, I, like, just, like, when it comes to Big Brother, we, I feel like we always rooted for, like, the strong women and the gays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so anybody that falls under that... Um, yeah, no. Awesome. Love y'all. Love ya. And, yep. Here we go. Hi, I'm Abby. I Hi, was Abby. Was there anything you didn't expect about racing the second time? Didn't expect? A double U-turn vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, when you come into it the second time, like, we knew, okay, well, there's a lot more running than you think. Like, that, to me, was, like, the biggest thing the biggest advantage is knowing just how much running there's going to be. Um, I didn't... The, hey! Uh, the first time, I was not as homesick as I was the second time. The second time, I feel like I was... We, I think we were both more homesick the second time. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't feel like you were. Because you had a boyfriend the first time. I had the boyfriend the second time. So the whole second time, I was, like, crying every night <laughs> and being like, I hope we're still together when I get home. And... I was, like, going through it. I, I was not expecting that. I think it was just that you are you're used... You know what to expect the second time around as far as racing, but also as far as downtime. There's a lot of downtime at the airport. There's a lot of downtime in the hotel rooms. And the first time, it's kind of, like, exciting, and, and you don't really know. And then the second time, you're like, oh, we're in a hotel room for 24 hours, and we're not going to leave or see anyone other than each other. And those days definitely felt longer How dare the you? second time. 
Especially we, with him crying. We did bring um, wigs both seasons, and they got a lot of use in the hotel rooms. Um, yeah. That was, if I could give advice to anybody that's ever going to run the race, you're bored in your hotel room. Bring wigs. <laughs> Makes right. your day. Last, uh, last question here. Hi, guys. My name is Nick. Hey, Nick. Hello. My question is kind of twofold. Um, first off, did you all feel you were kind of the favorites going into the final based on how many wins you had? And then second, were you both surprised at how well you all did this year and how many wins you did accumulate? Um, I would say I definitely did not think... I, I, you can't gauge when you're in it, like, who people are going to love, especially because, like, who you interact with on the race is not necessarily always who is in the confessionals and who, like, America falls in love with. Not that there's, like, a big difference in personality, but, like, sometimes people really shine in, pers- in like, personality and they're confessional. And they're, like, funny and witty in ways that you might not see day-to-day on the race. So you really don't have a gauge as to, like who America is going to love. And we were just really kind of focused on ourselves, I think. I, I don't really thought, I don't really think we were ever really like thinking about fan favorite or anything like that. When you're in it, you're just like, I just want to survive. You yeah. don't think. And I think for your other question about as far as like doing well, I really truly think we did kind of like struggle the first half of the race. And up until the Uganda leg happened, I think that's when I remember going into that Uganda leg and Tyler and I said that morning at the airport, we're going to win this leg. And one of the producers was like, that's the first time you guys have said that this time around. And that sounds like the old Tyler and Corey that we know. Um, And we hadn't really said that until that episode. And then, yeah, to kind of hit our stride right in the middle of the race as we did, um, I... I never took any day for granted. I was always surprised when we got first. Um, I knew we had done so well the first time we raced, um, but I never expected to to get four firsts in a row uh, to kind of finish in first and second these last six legs in a row only. Uh, yeah, it's just, you never really know. We thought we were a strong team, and we hoped that we could prove it again. Um, but, yeah, you just truly never know. Everyone was so strong the second time around. And Corey was, like, the best teammate ever. He can do everything. He's so strong. He's smart. Except He's... for dance. Except dance. <laughs> so I said, as long as we don't have to dance, I feel confident the second time around. And, yeah, no dancing. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Tyler yes. and Corey, so much. Thank, uh, thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, and you can stay seated right there because I'm just going to close us yeah. out. Unless, Nicole, you got anything? No. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, You can listen to Coco Caliente right here as we're sitting here. But you can also listen on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Check us out at www.cococaliente.com. You can also listen there. And thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader